All right, we're back, folks, here on WrestleRant Radio. This is it. We are only mere days away from SummerSlam this Sunday. I will be there in attendance along with my guest this evening for the first time in many months here on the show. We got at Randy J. Cruz, the host of the Cruise Control Podcast. We've been talking for weeks about the current state of WWE over on his podcast. And like I said, for the first time in many months, he is back here on WrestleRant Radio making his anticipated return only days ahead of the biggest party of the summer. Randy, how are you doing today, dude? I'm doing good, uh, Graham. Always a pleasure to be on this show, and uh, SummerSlam is just a few days away. I can't wait, man. And of course, you'll be at TakeOver 2 on Saturday, right? Yes, indeed. I know, I know me and you will be both at NXT and SummerSlam, so can't wait for that, too. And of course, today here on the show, we're breaking down the, inside, the entire SummerSlam card. And as we learned this past week, it's going to be a hell of a week. And not even including NXT, which we won't be talking about here today, just solely SummerSlam. Because I feel like if we talk TakeOver 2, it'd be a long-ass show. But uh, even that alone, SummerSlam, will be a four-hour show. Which is no surprise, because SummerSlam last year was also four hours. But we have a two-hour kickoff show. And as we alluded to before we got in the air here, 11 matches on the card. 11 fucking matches. And I'm sure one of them will be bumped to the kickoff show. I'm sure we'll get a Sami Zayn appearance or something, which I'm shocked he's not on the card. That's another rant for another day. But uh, it's going to be a long show on Sunday, but a stack show at that with everything that we have on tap, from Orton and Lesnar to Balor and Seth Rollins to Ambrose, Ziggler, Cena, Styles, and that's only the top half of the card. Uh, from where you currently stand as of right now, from a 1 to a 10, how hyped are you for SummerSlam on Sunday? I mean, um, I'm at a good solid 7, 8 as far as being hype. Um, the card on paper looks pretty good, pretty stacked. Um, 11 matches, bro, for, for, for a four-hour program. And let alone, that that's just the main uh, time frame for SummerSlam. There's no, uh, I don't know if they're going to have any matches on the, on the kickoff, so you might be looking at 12, 13 matches for, for a four-hour Pay-per-view, but you know, like like they said last year, SummerSlam is like you know the the, the WrestleMania of, of of the summer, and it's uh you know I think that they did a good job of trying to get everybody on the card, whether they're on the pre-show or on the the main the main pay-per-view, and I, I'm I'm pretty pretty happy, pretty pretty stacked, and um I and to me eleven matches, but some of them you just don't know who's gonna win, so this. You know, it, it leaves the fans a little bit like, you know what, for, for the world title, we have no idea if, if Dolph is going to win. We have no idea who's going to win the, the, the new universal title between uh, Finn and um, and Seth. Um, a lot of matches can go either way, which I think is good for any any wrestling pay-per-view. And for a four-hour SummerSlam, um, at, you know, in Brooklyn at Barclays, again, I can't wait. And um, hopefully that we mean you can leave the arena acting like, holy shit, I did not see that happening, as opposed to like, you know what, I just spent four hours <laughs> watching this review, and the same shit happened again. Exactly. I mean, I think the ending, no. I mean, the whole show should be good, and it's very rare, or at least in recent years, that SummerSlam underwhelms, because more often than not, SummerSlam is better than WrestleMania. It seems like for the past five or six years, that's been the case. It was the case in 2011. It was the case in 2013 after the awful WrestleMania 29. It was even, I don't know if it was the case last year, but maybe two or three years ago. SummerSlam, by and large, that was always uh, a stack show, always an enjoyable event. Last year was no exception. And I mean, the conclusion last year's show with Lesnar and Taker and the Brooklyn screw job, so to speak, did not end the evening on the best of notes. So I'm hoping this year will be a bit different. But like you said, I feel like the key part of this card, the key theme from this show, is the fact that a lot of the matches on this card are really unpredictable, which is, 
I think the best thing that you can have with any wrestling show, because if it feels predictable, no matter how good the matches are, people are going to shit on it, say it was logical or it was, or it didn't make any sense or the other way around or that it was, they could see the matches coming from a mile away, the results coming from a mile away. So here is hoping that is not the case on Sunday. Every championship will be on the line. So it's like basically Night of Champions, a four-hour Night of Champions or Clash of Champions, whatever they're calling it now. And then the inclusion of a new championship with the WWE Universal title, as you alluded to. We'll talk about that momentarily, too. But before we get into predictions, um, as we talked about before we got in the air here, news broke only mere minutes ago. The show's going up on Thursday, so by this point, the, this will be old news for most people. But Alberto Del Rio has been suspended by the WWE for violating the WWE wellness policy. Uh, suspended for 30 days. It was not clarified you know, what happened. I'm sure reports will come out in the next 24 hours clarifying what went down, what caused him to be suspended. But I read that, and I was shocked. Um, and then, again, not so shocked, just because he hasn't done anything in a while. I mean, it could be storyline-related. I doubt it. But at the same time, he wasn't doing any, anything of note on WWE TV recently. He hasn't been on Summer. He will not be at SummerSlam on Sunday, obviously. But even prior to the suspension, he was not scheduled for the card. He had a really good match last night with John Cena in the main event of SmackDown. But other than that, the guy's been an afterthought on programming for months, for even the close to the last year since he came back. But uh, still, he will be suspended for the next 30 days. So when you heard that, Randy, what was your immediate reaction to Del Rio being suspended by the company? Um, it's crazy. Maybe he took the same stuff uh, Reigns took. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Would not be surprised. Uh, I mean, honestly, man, I, I if if he did get uh you know suspended for taking something, I mean, it, it's very unfortunate. We all know Alberto Del Rio. We may not like the character on screen, but we know he's a fantastic wrestler that hasn't been you know one of the fantastic wrestlers that haven't been used and utilized properly uh, since he got back. Or you know, overall. Um, it's just very unfortunate, and I think maybe it goes to you know we all know we know Del Rio hasn't been happy lately with um, with the management, with the creative, and you know his his creative direction, and you know him and his his, his stuff with with Paige and being split up with the Raw and SmackDown brand, and um, him and Triple H been going at it for for quite some time, but him just not being happy. I mean, you never know. Del Rio probably took this stuff on purpose <laughs> just to get away from what, from what's going on, just to. I don't know, kind of prove a point, like, maybe Del Rio doesn't want to beat him no more. I don't know. I'm just talking as a fan, but um, I know he's great in the ring. His creative direction, um, there's no light at the end, at the end of, the, of, the, of the tunnel. For him, for, not to, for him not to be on SummerSlam card for four hours, you can't fit Del Rio. You can't fit Bray Wyatt. You can't fit Sami Zayn. It's like, all right, honestly, you're trying to have everybody there, the new guys, the, all the, the call-ups from NXT, but for, to not have a, a former world champion on the card, maybe he took that as a, like an insult or something, but if he did, if he took something to kind of you know enhance his performance, I think it's very unfortunate. You know, Del Rio is a very smart guy, to, to be quite frank, and um, I don't know, maybe it's, Storyline-wise, maybe he did not take anything. Uh, we have no idea um, what is going to play out un unless they tell you exactly what he took. But um, they did they did suspend Reigns uh, earlier in the year, about two months ago. So we just came off of that, and now Dario gets popped for something. I don't know, man. I, I just feel it's very unfortunate. He's, he's a great wrestler, great talent, just not used correctly. And... Um, Maybe this go-around may not last long as the first go-around. Maybe we don't see Del Rio around no more with, with with the company. And 
maybe he just got very upset with not being around Paige and the whole split up and how that whole thing went down with the with the with the draft and I don't know, man. With thirty days from now, that'll be uh, sometime after backlash, if if I'm not mistaken. So he'll miss um, that pay per view. So we're looking like mid September. So I don't know, man. I hope when he comes back that they can probably use him in the right sense in the right form. If not, man, I don't I don't think their real is gonna last that long with the company. I mean, the thing is, it's funny you mention that just because here in the show last week, me and at Jamie Lee Mack, we were talking about Del Rio's future with the company as well as Sheamus, just because for many months right. now, especially Sheamus, a guy who was the world champion as well as Del Rio, but Sheamus was the world champion only months ago, like at the tail end of 2014, or 2015, rather. And I mean, he's in the midst of doing something right now with Cesaro, which is good. They got a best of seven series. We'll talk about that momentarily. But Del Rio, though, dude, like you said, it's been a weird year for him. It's been a weird year for Paige. They're you know, re- uh, reportedly in a relationship. I think that's been confirmed. I'm not exactly sure. She's hurt right now. She went to Raw. He went to SmackDown. He gets jobbed out pretty much every single week. Not last or not last night. It was um or last week when he faced Orton. He got pretty much dominated, and uh, it was just pretty crazy. So I don't know. It's been a really weird year for this guy. And I heard not yesterday, or I think it was yesterday or Monday or something, that I don't know what source this is coming from. I don't know if this is a rumor or like a legit report or whatever that Triple H had heat on Del Rio. He's not a fan of his. I'm not exactly sure what's going down. And that was prior to the suspension, so I'm sure this does not help matters. And I also heard he's got a, a something in his contract from when he re-signed last year that if he was, if he was not happy, he could leave. Um, a year in, so he could be gone by October. That could have been the last we saw of Del Rio last night on SmackDown. Who knows? But uh, you kind of mentioned it before too. I'll ask you this: Do you think Del Rio's absence from the Blue Brand will affect their roster depth even more? I I think so because you know when they did the draft, obviously the big names of AJ Cena, Orton, Bray Wyatt. Um, then kind of like after that, it's like who else you got as far as like big big name talent. I mean as opposed to I mean um as opposed to trying to get somebody from the outside to come back. Like you know, the Miz is still there, uh Bear Corbin, Apollo Cruz, but you know, Del Rio is a former world champion. Like he should be on the top billing somewhere around the the, the, the realm of AJ and Cena and Bray Wyatt and, and, and Randy Orton. You take him off the roster for you know for, for thirty days it, it's not I don't think it'll hurt them that much. But maybe you kinda notice that they're just one a really big time star um, has been left off the roster. How they how they play it off and, and double up on matches, you know, remains to be seen. But I want to ask you this: I, I, it just it just occurred to me that how do you feel Del Rio would? How do you think Del Rio feels that he got suspended, and then the fact that this all circles back to Brock, knowing that he failed the test, even though it was for UFC, mm-hmm. knowing that that. Part-timers don't get suspended for failed drug tests or whatever because they're part-timers, not full-timers. But we know Del Rio is full-time. I think he might feel like he got popped for whatever, if that's the case. But a guy like Brock Lesnar is, you know, part-time, failed, failed uh, a, a drug test with the UFC, but there's no, there's no consequences for him. How, how do you think that'll play out with him? That's a great question. I mean, I feel like Del Rio feels the same way that Roman Reigns does, and pretty much everyone on the roster, whether they've been suspended in the past or not, because when that report came out a few weeks ago that the part-timers aren't tested, guys like Brock Lesnar, Triple H, uh, The Rock, and a few others to The Undertaker when they're not tested, 
It's definite double standards. There's no other way around it. That is totally double standard. It doesn't matter whether you wrestle once a year, twice a year, every single day of the week. You should be tested the same as everyone else. So the fact that Brock was not suspended, um, I mean, again, it's total double standards, the fact that he wasn't suspended, but Del Rio is. I'm sure he's pissed. He seems like the kind of of person that would take that personally anyway, and he seems already fed up with his current position in the company. So I'm sure bringing it up, as you said, will not help his status in the company whatsoever. I'm sure after not only that, but the whole suspension thing, Lesnar not getting suspended, him getting suspended for probably taking something similar to Lesnar, and then the whole page scenario, not getting pushed, being like the 30th fucking pick in the draft. He was the last televised pick in the WWE draft last month, and pretty much everything else going on right now in this company with this guy, um, I'm sure I can almost guarantee you by the end of the year he will be gone. Because the only reason he came back to begin with was not because he loved the WWE, not because he missed the fans. He came back for the money, and he was very clear about that when he came back. And I can't blame the guy. If he's making a bigger paycheck here than he was in Lucha Underground, that's completely fine. But if he's not happy with his current status in the company, and I just read this too literally like two minutes ago, today's Paige's birthday too, his girlfriend's birthday, and he gets, he gets suspended on, his, on her birthday. It's just hilarious to me. But I don't know. This whole thing is just super weird. So I guess we'll find out in the next 24 hours. But... um. It's a shame. Like you said, I mean, I feel like he's a great wrestler, like you said earlier. He had a really good match with Cena last night, and it only hurts SmackDown even more. I mean, not that much just because it's not like he's contending for the world title or anything, but at the same time, they need all the help they can get right now, so it's kind of a shame. Um, But speaking of SmackDown, before we get into the SummerSlam predictions here, uh, what were your thoughts, Randy, on Raw versus SmackDown week four of the brand split? Who won the war this past week? Uh, I, I would think I would think SmackDown, but it's not by a lot. Not saying that SmackDown was totally better, but if you ask me which one I could I could have watched more and not flip the channels more, I would think SmackDown. Um, to me, I was just kind of you know surprised that this was the, both the go home Raw and go home SmackDown for SummerSlam, and then neither neither show was um, you know neither show. Showed any, you know, showed much basically. You, know, you just didn't have that sense of urgency, like holy shit, SummerSlam is this Sunday. Go, go, go by the network, go by the pay per views, and mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen. And brawls start happening, and different things start appearing on, on on the show. It was just a basic, normal, normal formatted show. And um, I, to me, SmackDown still wins. Uh, people might disagree with me. People might think. There's people out there that that, that 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 think Raw has won every single time since the brand split, which I don't, I don't, uh, you know. To me, I just feel like SmackDown has been winning, and the fact that it, SmackDown seems more of a show that takes more time to lay out everything and try to bring something new. It was it was unpredictable the first couple of shows, but the last couple of weeks, it, they they kind of faltered to, to just. The regular booking as as how SmackDown was back in the days, but uh, it, it's very intriguing to me how Dolph Ziggler and Dean Ambrose is going to play out. Um, Bray Wyatt is still somewhere around in that kind of feud. Um, the whole thing with, with with Hugh Slater and people could say, well, why is he getting on TV? What's the big deal about him? But he's a guy that that, that can go on both Raw and SmackDown, be be entertaining, go up against the against the likes of Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton, and and still. His character is very intriguing. Is, is, is he going to sign with Raw? Is, is, is he going to sign with SmackDown? We have no idea. Then we look at Raw. I think with Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, me and you spoke about it on my show. It should 
you know, the one question I ask you, are they going to put the, the face paint on, on, on Finn Balor for Raw or just wait till SummerSlam? And lo and behold, they waited till Raw because they, mm-hmm. they knew that it was the, the, the go-home show. They want to get some more viewership and get the fans who may not know who Finn Balor really is or this, this demon, demon king name, which is stupid anyway, and they want to show him in, 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 the, in the whole face paint. I think they did that a week too early. They should have waited till SummerSlam. They should have ran some vignette something or turn the light off kind of thing. Just something different where you probably saw an image of him, but not him actual face painted up. And when when he went out there, it was just a regular face off. And they, they wrestled. I mean, they, they fought for a little bit, but it was nothing like, holy shit, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins going to be great. I think, I think it still is. Mm-hmm. But I think just the build up overall and Raw and SmackDown was just like, you know what? We're just going to take an L for this week. We know SummerSlam's coming up. We got NXT coming up. We got a whole week of wrestling stuff coming up. We're just going to rely on whatever, we, whatever we're doing. And, and that's really it. But to me, I think what can be very underrated, Graham, is the fact that that Talking Smack show kind of helps out too because we know Raw is three hours, but SmackDown not kind of feels two and a half hours long because of the Talking Smack show because you never know what's going to happen. You know, afterwards, because Daniel Bryan be saying saying some stuff mm-hmm. that you kind of like, you kind of wonder like, is he supposed to say that, or <laughs> does he have the green light to say stuff like that? And Renee Young is great, but I think SmackDown has <clears throat> some more elements that I, for me to watch, and plus the fact that it's two hours, it's more tolerable than a Raw because when Raw is three hours and it's, and, and, and it sucks, you can you can tell, and it's, you just can't you you just can't be like. Raw is great, and SmackDown sucks. To me, SmackDown has been the better show overall. Not saying by a lot, but I think it's the time after SummerSlam is, is, is the part where we're really going to see how Raw and SmackDown really play out because SummerSlam is a cross-branded show. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now we're going to get into how does SmackDown play out for their backlash pay-per-view? How does Raw play out for their pay-per-view <clears> coming up uh, in, in, in September? So um, it's a good time. I think for for wrestling fans to to, to watch both shows and um, after SummerSlam, we're just gonna have to wait and see how everything pans out. Exactly. I could not agree more that SmackDown has been the better show. Not by a long shot in recent weeks, but it definitely was the more enjoyable show last night as opposed to Raw on Monday. And as you said, the biggest MVP, the biggest factor in SmackDown being the better brand for the past couple of weeks is the lack of that third hour. And that's always been the case. That's been the case forever. I mean, ever since Raw went three hours four years ago. But obviously now the biggest difference is that now SmackDown means something. They have their own distinct roster. And there's a reason to watch. So now it's the more tolerable show. It's the more entertaining show. Not the greatest thing ever. Not, you know, circa 2002, 2003. But still a lot better than it has been in many years. And that lack of third hour is definitely refreshing compared to Raw. Because Raw on Monday, you take away that third hour and you just get all the most important stuff on that show. It probably would have been a lot better of a show. But with that third hour, like you said, when it's a bad show, you can definitely tell because it drags on and on and on. I looked at my watch and it said 9.45. I'm like, are you joking? We got another hour and 15, hour 20 of this show. So again, it's not a terrible show. I feel like calling it a bad show isn't the right verbiage to use i would just call it boring or just dragging i think is the best way to describe and that's been the case forever that's you know nothing new but 
Um, I think the real indicator, as you said, will be post-SummerSlam when it won't be, you know, Raw and SmackDown invading each other's shows, which hasn't happened a lot. It only happened with Daniel Bryan last week and then Orton and Lesnar the week before that. But um, SummerSlam is the WrestleMania of the summer, and that's always been the case. I mean, this, the fall is the key time for, to find out which brand is really better because the fall has never been, whereas you know, the summer is traditionally the greatest time for WWE, even more so than the road to WrestleMania, which can go up and down. The fall is almost always boring, bad, even rating-wise with football coming back, it's just going to be bad, and they just don't put forth that same creative effort they do into the road to WrestleMania, into the road to SummerSlam, even the road to the Rumble. So going into the fall, we'll see how this, you know, all the storylines from SummerSlam transpire into the current programming. But speaking of SummerSlam, we'll get right into the predictions right now. The match confirmed last night on SmackDown, a six-woman tag team match. Becky Lynch, Naomi, and Carmella taking on Eva Marie, Alexa Bliss, and Natalya. It's going to be a stacked matchup. We've been talking about this for weeks, Randy, over on your show. The debut, potentially nothing been confirmed yet. It's just been talked about. The debut of a new WWE Women's Championship for the Blue Brand. Do you think this matchup will have any implications on a future women's title for the Blue Brand? Um, I, I'm not too sure about that, but I, I'm glad that, you know, if you, if you saw talking smack last night, that I think Danny Bryan asked, he asked something, I, I forgot what it was, but the response that Becky Lynch gave was like, you know, it, you know, it's, it's paraphrase, it's, it's okay to go back and forth with the, with the females here in this wrestle, but we need something to to strive for. So we, we need, there has to be a goal for us at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, we all kind of knew that the, the, the woman's title a new women's title coming to SmackDown was going to be inevitable. Same thing with the tag team championships, because you can't just have these people wrestling and there, there's no goal for them. There's no there's no championship aspir- um, aspirations for them. And to have talent like you know Natalia and Becky and Naomi and even Marie just to go out there to have a, have a couple of great matches, that's cool. But it's like you know what? I want to be the champion. I want to be champion of my SmackDown brand. And the fact that you have this six uh, woman uh, tag team match, it, it might be depending on, on who gets the um, the, the pitfall. Then then it might um, be like you know what if you get the pitfall, you're kind of like in line to be like this new champion. Not saying we're gonna hand you the belt, but I think whatever happens on Sunday with the the, the tag team match will you know on screen will have Shane and Daniel Bryan say you know what these six these six females work work their ass off in this tag match. We gotta bring a belt. We 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 have to crown a, a, a world champion to see who is the best female wrestler on this roster. We have to, and then it'll maybe eventually lead up to backlash or tournament or something, uh, or no mercy, whatever to- or whatever pay per view they're gonna have down the road. They need that women's title on SmackDown. They need the tag team championship on on SmackDown because as a fan, it's like like I told you before, if Sasha has the belt on Raw. How can you know who is the you know number one number one contender on the SmackDown side? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they could be a, a, a great female wrestler on SmackDown, better than what's going on on Raw, but she can't fight for that belt because she's on SmackDown. So, you know, I think in due time they're gonna bring the women's title. Uh, I think they're gonna evaluate what happens on Sunday with the the, the tag team match. Um, you know, you, you said uh, Bliss and Natalia and Eva Marie, like. Is is even even gonna wrestle? Like that that might be the biggest question of all. Mm-hmm. It's not who, you know it's not it's not who's gonna win. Is Eva Marie gonna wrestle? Is she gonna get 
stuck in traffic in Brooklyn. And, and <laughs> she gonna go to the, you know to the to the cheesecake joint. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. But is she gonna get lost in Barclays? But to me, I like her character. I like I like what they're doing. Uh, just keeping her off uh, from actually fighting in the ring. I think the the payoff, Graham, the payoff should be good. Now, what mm-hmm. I think it should be, you just never know with, with, with the WWE because they just, sometimes they don't pay off the right way. And I think if they, if they do something stupid with her, it's going to be like, oh, man, you had all this for nothing there. This is the big payoff. Like, mm-hmm. not saying win, win the championship, but something down the road where um, – her skills are, are more portrayed out there in the ring, but um, that's one match I'm looking forward to. Uh, I mean, also the Sasha Charlotte match is going to be great. So, you know, the the, the women's wrestling is here; it's officially here. I can't wait. And I, and to me, Grant, I think Sasha and Charlotte had the opportunity to really steal the show on Sunday. It might be it might be the best match on the card. Um, just just never know, man. Just never know. Absolutely. I mean, in regards to the six-woman tag team match, and I might be on drugs here, this might be just me, but I honestly think these six women, Carmella, Naomi, Becky, Eva, Alexa, and Natalia, have been one of the best parts about SmackDown for the last couple of weeks, which like you said earlier, it's not saying a lot just because the show hasn't been amazing. It's been pretty good. But I think, to repeat your thoughts, to echo your thoughts, what they've been doing with Eva, as we've been talking over on your show, has been great. The Getting stuck in traffic, disallowing her from wrestling last night, I thought was hilarious. The narrator right. saying it was even better. I thought that was good. Naomi made a return last night with an all-new entrance. Alexa's doing great. Carmella won her debut match last week. They're doing everything right with these women. So I like the addition of the match to the show. I hope it's on the kickoff show just because, and I don't mean that as a slight to the match, I just say that as a reason for they can get more time. Because I feel like with 11 matches on the show, yeah, it's four hours long. But at the same time, you know they're going to do the grand entrances for the Demon Balor, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles, and everyone else. So I'm hoping this match ends up on the two-hour kickoff show so we get some decent time. But uh, it should be good. Like you said, the most intriguing part about the match is whether Eva will wrestle or not. And I love this match even more than a singles match between Becky and Eva. Just because you can have Eva not show up, like you said, get lost in Barclays or something, which is not out of the ordinary. I almost got lost there when I was at SummerSlam. But she doesn't even have to step in the ring, and then she can come in and make the pinfall victory for her team, which I have. That, that's what my prediction for this match is. I got the heels going over here. I think Natalia and Alexa will obviously do most of the in-ring work. Eva comes in the ring. She gets in the match. She tags in and wins the match for her team by picking by pinning whoever. Um, but I do have the heels going over here. So before we go into the next matchup, who do you got going over in this matchup, uh, Randy? You got Becky's team or Eva's team going over? I think I think it should be Eva's team. I think she she has to be the one to get the pinfall. Whether she throws one elbow or one punch in, in, in the entire match, when it's all said and done, she has to be the one to get the pin. I, I don't care who lays down for her. I think it, it'll be good that for her character and her development going forward, you know, we can all say, oh, Eva won the six-woman tag team match at, at, at SummerSlam. And to me, if, if, if I'm right in this, Graham, the best way to, to, to do it is, again, have her have her show up late, but then be like, oh, she's stuck on the four train. She's stuck on the five <laughs> yeah. train. Mm-hmm. She forgot to pay that, you know, she, she, ain't, she ain't got no Metro cars, and now she's walking from Flatbush. You know, something, something, something stupid that mm-hmm. it's going to be like, holy shit, did you know they're really going over the top with it. But to answer your question, I think even should we should um, her team should win it, and I think uh, she has to be the one to get the pinfall. 
And that's the thing, too. It's something that we have never seen before. It's something original. It's something new. That seemed to be the universal thoughts of pretty much everyone. The general consensus amongst fans last night when I said that what they're doing with Eva is brilliant right now. Everyone is saying that it's something original. It's something we haven't seen before. They're getting stuck in traffic, not being able to show up is great. And like you said, if they go the extra step with this, if they go the extra mile and saying, oh, she got you know lost in the train or she forgot her Metro card, that's being original. We need to see more of that with you know across all of WWE TV. But I'm glad to see it being incorporated in that that specific angle. But you mentioned uh, Sasha Banks versus Charlotte for the WWE Women's Championship on Sunday. The rematch from that great match a few weeks ago on Raw, where Banks initially won the WWE Women's title, her first singles WWE Championship on the main roster. Um, and what should be another amazing match. I don't know how much time they're going to get again, but it should be great. Here is hoping they can come full circle with the. Divas Revolution, Women's Rev- women's Evolution, whatever they want to call it. Um, it should be a great match. But who do you got going over here, Randy? Sasha or Charlotte is the new champion being crowned once again in the two-time champion Charlotte at SummerSlam on Sunday. I think I think Sasha wins. Uh, you know, it, basically, it'll be a toss-up because I'm trying to think long-term. If, if Sasha wins, what do they do with Charlotte? And then if Charlotte wins... We just know Sasha's going to get a rematch, you know, you know for, for the following pay-per-view or Raw. But it's like, what do you do with Charlotte long-term in the event she does not win the title again? Who, who else does she have to go um, up against? While Sasha is still the champ, uh, we don't know about Paige. I think she's still injured. Um, Nia Jax is still kind of early in the game. Um, and then, you know, help me out. Like, what else does, where else does Charlotte have to go in the event she loses? Does she, does she make a, uh, a face turn? I, I doubt that. Does she yeah. go to, um, uh, Brooke? Um, I, I don't know. It just, you know, I think Sasha's going to win, but it's going to be very interesting to see where the, the future road lies for Charlotte. Yeah, I'm more interested to see, as you said, I got Banks going over here too. I think Charlotte will be just fine. I don't know if you read the reports or not. Again, this is all purely speculation, nothing confirmed. But did you see it all or not a few weeks ago that Charlotte might be taking time off post-SummerSlam? Maybe that's what's in store for her beyond the pay-per-view? No, I did not see that. But, uh, again, if she loses, then that'll make sense to give her because she's been she's been on every pay-per-view, what, since since last September when she won, when she won the the title from Nikki, she's been on every Raw, every whatever SmackDown, mm-hmm. she's been on every pay-per-view, so giving her time off and uh, letting her go off with, with, the, with the L against um, Sasha uh, would be good, get her off TV for a little bit, and maybe when she comes back, depending on how the fans react to her, she might come back as a face, or she might just come back as a heel, but um, if, if, if that report holds true then it'll all make sense that if she loses, then we we just know, oh, she's going to be off TV for a while, she's going on vacation, you know, whatever. So now when she comes back, she'll be refreshed, you know, restart, and have new, uh, fresh storylines, whether she wants to go back at, at Sasha, or if Nia Jax is a big, a big force by that time, the one person that could take Nia Jax down is Charlotte. So mm-hmm. now, now that, you know, since you were telling me that, now it kind of makes sense. Um, but if she wins... I don't know, man. They were just dropping again the following month, but I think the um, the vacation story sounds nice. I think that'll be good for for her to get her off TV for a little bit because she's been working hard for the past year. So you know. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think she's been on every pay per view since she got called up, even beyond. I think so. When she won the belt, like she was a battleground when she got called up, and she was also at SummerSlam last year too. 
So I think taking her off TV is probably the best route. I mean, not because she's stale or anything. She's been doing great work. She's probably been, you know, all due respect to Sasha, but Charlotte's been on TV consistently all year round for the past 365 right. days. She has been killing, especially as a heel. She has been doing the best work. I mean, really of her career. She's only been around for a few years, but of pretty much any woman in recent years, she's been doing some great stuff and she deserves some time off. And not only will that help her grant her some time off, but it does wonders for the division itself, not only taking a woman away for a little while, but as you said, I mean, kind of that character reset. I would just bring her back as a heel because she's been a great heel ever since she caught, you know, ever since she turned a few months ago or at the start of the year. Um, but maybe in the meantime, I mean, this is just kind of going off on a limb. Like you said, it's way too early for Nia Jax, so I wouldn't do that just now. You should be continue to build her up in, in the months to come. She's still squashing jobbers on robbery week, which is a perfect role for her. But maybe they bring in someone they're not that we're not really thinking about. Maybe they bring back that rumored return of Melina or a, or a Victoria or something, which would be pretty cool for the Raw brand. Or maybe they finally call up Bailey. I don't know if you do Sasha Bailey off the get go. I would not do that right off the bat. I would save that for WrestleMania. But they could do some stuff with her for a little while. Maybe Nikki Bella comes back. She's been rumored to return for a while now. I don't think she's been cleared to compete. Uh, but she could be back any day now. And Sasha and Nikki, I'm not a huge Nikki fan, but that's a fresh feud, so I'd be fine with that. Nikki, the last time we saw her, she was going after the gold anyway. So there's a couple different things they can do, but I think the bottom line is, as you said, they should have Sasha win here. Um, that's both our you know official predictions for that matchup. So also confirmed on Monday's Raw, a best-of-seven series confirmed between Cesaro and Sheamus for the first time in, I think, over a decade. I'm pretty sure we haven't seen this type of matchup in, or at least, you know, a best of seven series or best of five series even since maybe Benoit and Booker T in like 05, 06 or something along those lines. It's been a long ass time and I'm very happy to see it being brought back because these guys can go. Um, they've always had great matches. Their last two matches on Raw for the past few weeks have been really, really good. It should be no different on Sunday. Um, but also in addition to who you have going over here, Randy, do you think the best of seven series is a good idea for these two guys? And also, do you think it might get stale with seven matches, not five, not even best of three, but seven matches? Do you think fans might grow, you know, tiresome of these matches over time? Well, before I answer that, uh, I needed to remind me when Benoit and Booker T were doing the, the best of seven, was it just a best of seven without a title chase? Or it was just trying to see who can beat who in seven matches, right? I think it was for the United States Championship, I want to say. For the U.S. title. Yeah. So now, now, if that's the case, that's the biggest difference between this seventh series mm -hmm. between Sheamus and Cesaro because, yeah, to me, to me, Graham, when, when I heard Mick Foley talking, I thought, I for a quick second, I thought he was going to say Sheamus and Cesaro in like two out of three falls at SummerSlam, which I, which I, I would have been like, all right, cool. I'm, Same. That's yep. fine with me. Mm-hmm. Then he kept talking, and he said, best of, and quick, I thought it was five, then he said seven, like, oh my God, I, the idea sounds great, but at the end of the day, maybe down the road we'll find out what they're fighting for, but right now, what are they fighting for? Exactly. Look at it, mm -hmm. Cesaro beat Sheamus two weeks in a row, so technically, he's up to his hip. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Now he got to fight <laughs> seven more nine times. series, yeah, exactly. Seven more times, then it's like, um, is there a championship? No. Um, can you say that the the winner, the loser, has to go to SmackDown? Okay, then that that's worth fighting for. Mm -hmm, yep. Um, loser, there's there's no stipulation at the current time for why they're fighting for because why do I have to fight 
if I'm Cesaro, why do I have to fight Sheamus seven times? What's the point? Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, um, they're going to fight on Raw. Now, eventually, they're going to have a payoff at a backlash or no mercy, depending on how long they want to stretch it out. But it's like, what's the payoff? If Cesaro wins four or four matches to three, Cesaro, okay, you're great. Uh, you beat Sheamus three or four times. But what do you get out of that? What does Cesaro, what if Sheamus, what does he get out of it? Does he get the winner of the, the, the seven series or whatever? Gets a title shot, becomes the, the number one contender for the for the, the Universal Championship. Okay, then we can do that. But if you're gonna fight just to fight and for for bragging rights or respect, to me that that's not that, that's not the way to go. And like you said, the fans might might get tired of uh, of of the series if there's nothing worth fighting for. So if, if Cesaro is up two one, Sheamus has to win. And he wins. Now we have two, two, two up. Then it's like, oh shit! Like, what's gonna happen? Is is Cesaro gonna be, you know, first contender? Is is Seamus gonna go to SmackDown? There's, there's nothing to fight for. The idea sounds great, but if you don't have if you don't have a stipulation, it ain't gonna work to me. It, 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 it won't work. That's the thing too. Like you said, I feel like the matches themselves should be really, really good. And not only that too, we've seen right. Cesaro and Seamus face each other. God knows how many times over the years, and they've always had really good matches. That's not the issue. Like you said, the lack of stipulation, the best of seven series is a stipulation technically, but the fact that there is nothing to fight for. And the weird thing, it's been a really weird storyline, because you had Cesaro beat Sheamus clean twice. He didn't cheat. He didn't. It wasn't a fluke victory. He beat him decisively in the ring twice. So why now does he have to beat him another four or five more times to prove himself? And the thing was, was that the first with the first two matches... It was said that, okay, whoever impresses me the most, Mick Foley said, you will earn a title shot. Cesaro got that title shot and lost via interference with Sheamus, but he still lost. So is there not a title shot on the line now? Like, I'm sure they'll add something for it, you know, at some point, like in the next week or so. They have to. Because if you don't, like you said, why do people care? And the matches should be good. And people like Cesaro, it's good that they're finally doing something with him. But Sheamus is just as dead as they come. No one gives a shit about this guy. He's like the Del Rio of Raw. No one really cares about Sheamus. When Sami Zayn said that in his tweet last week, like, no one likes Sheamus, he was not, you know, playing along in storyline. It's true. No one really likes Sheamus. And the guy's a good athlete, as you can tell in these matches. So hopefully um, we, we get some sort of stipulation at some point. I think it's good for Raw. It gives these guys, you know, something to do on these you know, brand extension raws and whatever. It gives them more time, more storyline purpose. That's great. Um, but I guess it just has to lead something at some point. But I guess it's kind of irrelevant. We have seven matches, so it really does not matter who wins on Sunday. But for match one, Randy, who do you got going over, Cesaro or Sheamus? And, and, and I'm totally forgetting that Cesaro is really up two up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, so this is zero, zero. I think, I think Sheamus might win the first one. I think he might, he might get... I don't know. I don't know if it'll be clean, but I think he'll go up one zip, and it will. But it'll it'll be like more Cesaro playing catch up. Mm-hmm. I think they'll play it that play it that way. Um, but I think Sheamus needs to go over in, in in match one. I agree. He already lost the first two matches. He lost the Raw on Monday to uh, Sami Zayn. So the guy's in a very bad position from the get go. He's not that he has to win. I'd be very happy to see Cesaro win, but I feel like he needs to win more. You know, this early on in the series. So another match I'm really looking forward to on Sunday, this tag team match, Enzo and Cass versus Jericho, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. We've been praising this duo for weeks over on your show, the Cruise Control Podcast. 
and these guys are just killing it. The promos are awesome. The matches have been good. This should be no exception. We're in the backyard of Brooklyn, the backyard of Enzo and Cass on Sunday. The environment should be crazy. Um, as someone who was at TakeOver last year, they were not at TakeOver itself, but they did tape a match prior to uh, TakeOver last year on that Saturday night before SummerSlam in Brooklyn for NXT. And these guys got a monster pop. I'm sure no, on Sunday will be no different. But uh, again, nothing on the line here, but this is a great example of a match, of an undercard match that I'm intrigued in, I'm intrigued by, I'm invested in just because both teams are super entertaining. This match would be really enjoyable as well. So uh, what have you been, you know, in, uh, what have you been thinking of, Randy, when you, when you see this feud develop in the last couple of weeks? Who do you like more between Enzo and Cass and Jarek KO? Who do you got going over on Sunday? And do you think this might lead to a future title run for either one of the, uh, these tandems between Jarek KO and Enzo and Cass? Um, I like, I like, I like Jared K.O. overall, um, but I just know the Barclays in Brooklyn going to be crazy for Enzo and Cass. Um, you know, last time they were there, they were doing the takeover stuff or, um, you know, NXT, and I think the crowd's going to be amped up for them, but does that mean they're going to win? I, I, I don't know, man. I I think I think Jericho and KO need the victory because if, if you're trying to do a storyline where they're going to be a, a, a formidable tag team, they can't they can't lose to Enzo and Cass because um, they have to build on that. They have to build to where this is going to be a big time tag team, or they're going to falter real quick. And on the flip side, if Enzo and Cass does get, does get the victory, it's it's a great rub because you're beating a, a former world champion in Jericho, a former mm-hmm. IC champion Kevin Owens. Um, kind of like the not saying the old versus new because Kevin Owens is still part of that new era. But um, I just don't know, man. I, if, if you go by by, by wrestling wise, Jericho and KO should win handedly, but. You never know, man. Me and you don't don't you know don't book this shit. Enzo and Cass might totally mop the floor with Jericho and, and Kevin Owens for all we know. But I think it should be Jer- uh, Jericho and KO. I, I'm gonna say Jericho. I'm tired of saying Jericho and KO. I, I get confused. So Jericho, <laughs> should go over Enzo and Cass. But I, I do want to go back real quick, not to get you off off uh, format, but. The Cesaro Sheamus thing. So now, I was, while you was asking me the question by Enzo and Cass, I was looking at the calendar for their their next pay per view, which is Clash of Champions mm-hmm. on September 25th. So I'm thinking, like, if they do match one at SummerSlam, they would have one, two, three, four, five rolls. Uh-huh, okay, before, yeah. Five rolls before um, Clash of Champions. So that's five matches plus the one. At SummerSlam, so that's six. Obviously, we're not dumb, Graham. They're gonna do it. They're gonna do a game seven, <laughs> match seven yeah. at Clash Champions, and maybe the winner of that becomes like the new number one contender at the following pay per view. I think that's the way they're gonna do it. This this won't be a sweep. This won't be a five five matches, six match. I think it's go seven. And the way the calendar looks, the last match could be at. Clash of Champions on September 25th, and if they do it right, the winner gets the number one contender for the following pay-per-view. I think, I think it will be Cesaro, so just want to give you an update on that, but Jared KO over Enzo and Cass at SummerSlam. 
Yeah, that's that's great timing. I didn't even really think about that. They must have thought about that prior to SummerSlam. Like, oh, we have this X amount of time before SummerSlam and the next pay-per-view. Let's just do this to make the good use out of the time. So that makes perfect sense. Um, and here's hoping it plays out that way. Like you said, for it to end in like four or five matches would make no sense because the timing works out perfectly. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, at the same time, we're also too, I'll say this. It would also be cool if they didn't do a match on one of those Raws, but they instead saved one for like a house show or something, which I think they did with Benoit and Booker T or Cena and Booker at some point. It'd be pretty cool. It would make the live events feel more meaningful. They don't have to do it with every match, obviously, but maybe they save a week on Raw and they do win a live event. I just thought of that too. But uh, like you said, Jericho and KO, or Jericho rather, versus Enzo and Cass. I, it doesn't even really matter who wins. It's one of those matches where it's unpredictable. It's exciting. I'm looking forward to it because I love both teams. But I feel like neither team will be hurt by the loss because they're just that entertaining. It won't matter either way. I'll say Jericho needs to win more just because Enzo and Cass are over like Rover. They're going to be adored in Brooklyn. It does not matter whether they win or lose. And the thing is, people tend to forget that Enzo and Cass, I hate to call them losers because they weren't losers. Obviously, they were the most overacts in NXT, but they did not win all that often in NXT. They were around for three or four years down there, and they not once held the tag team titles. They lost maybe three or four opportunities at the belt, yet they were still so over. They're like the Sami Zayn of tag teams that they can lose and lose and lose where they actually right. gain something from losing. So I feel like this might be another one of those cases where people expect Enzo and Cass to win. I'll say Enzo and Cass win just because they have a lot of heels going over on this card. But um, I feel like Jericho winning would be great, and uh, it, it should be really entertaining. So one side question, too, before we get to the next match. Do you think on this show we will hear the debut of a new entrance mashup theme for Jericho between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, they probably don't think like me and you. Um, they should have one. I remember when um, when Orton and Edge did the the, the Raider RKO. They they, they just kind of split up there. Did their thing song into one. But um, I think they just do the regular. Jericho comes out first, and then Kevin Owens. Um, but if they happen to debut a theme song, then right there should give you a quite you know clear indication that this is not just a one-time tag team mm -hmm. thing that it'll be more long-term, and uh, I mean, they might go over on Sunday, which um, I think might happen regardless of a, of a new theme song or not, but I think that that'll be a clear-cut sign that this tag team is going to be formidable. It's, it's going to be, you know, not, not going to be a one-time thing that can ultimately go after the, 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 the tag team titles, whoever that might hold them at that time, but to me, I, I just think it's going to be the the, the the prelude to Kevin Owens and him him turning into a good guy. I think, mm -hmm. that, I think that's the way they're going to go. I told you about it on my show that they'll tag team for a little bit and then they'll, they'll win, they'll win, and the first time they lose or the second time they lose, Kevin Owens gets frustrated or Jericho blames Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens has, he's frustrated and bang, bang, boom, he turns on Jericho. Kevin Owens is like the biggest face now in the, in the company. So uh, I think, I think that'll be the plan. I hope that's the plan. That would make for a great feud between the two down the line. That'd make for a great feud at some point down the line um, if WWE books it properly. And the only reason I ask is because obviously they did various entrance mashup themes for, like you said, Rated RKO, which even if it's splicing the themes 
in between each other like that, like playing one, then the other, going back and forth. Even that's cool. Like they did that with uh, Jarrah Show. I know they made their own unique theme song for them. Cody Rhodes and Goldust many years ago. They just did it just recently with Brazongo. Not a very good mashup theme, but it was a mashup theme nevertheless. So um, I hope that that is, the, that is the case. I mean, their themes don't really go hand in hand with one another, but we'll see on Sunday if that's the case. So uh, going forward for the Intercontinental Championship, a match I'm looking forward to, but probably shouldn't be just because... SmackDown has not really done much with this feud. Um, Apollo Crews, two, we- two, three weeks ago, won a number one contender's triple threat to become the new number one contender to the title at SummerSlam against The Miz. The following week, I think Crews was out somewhere in a live event or something, so he was not on SmackDown. In this past week, they furthered the feud in a segment that wasn't televised. They did it during the commercial break, and I thought, okay, maybe Cruz will be in a match or something and Miz on commentary. That wasn't even the case either. So this, this, this feud has not really received much television time, and it should be a good match. I'm looking forward to seeing Cruz hopefully win his first singles title in WWE, but at the same time, it leads me to believe that because this feud doesn't really have much traction at the moment, that Miz will once again find some other way to retain the title, and maybe Cruz wins it at the Backlash pay-per-view or uh, No Mercy or whatever. I guess we'll see. But um, and that's I mean, but I feel like the timing is right to do it here, just because Cruz debuted in that same building one year ago, that same week, and the story would be great. But um, I'm interested to hear uh, your take on it, Randy. Who do you think is going over on Sunday, Cruz or Miz? And are you at all looking forward to this match, despite the fact it really hasn't received much television time in the past few weeks? Um, I think I think Apollo would win because for me, I <laughs> on my card I have a lot of bad guys winning, so. I don't think um, I think that'll be the one match that could catch people off guard. Because people just think like you know Apollo's a new guy, he's not going to beat the veteran The Miz, you know, in, in his first uh, title opportunity. And I think, like you said, he, he was there at, at, at NXT Brooklyn the year prior. Come full circle, he gets his first uh, championship match ever, and uh, albeit it is the Intercontinental Championship um, against The Miz, I, I, I think I think he'll win, but. Again, like if the Miz wins, then then who's next for the Miz? Like you, you have to start thinking long term. But I think if Apollo wins, then, you, then you're going to get a lot of young guys going after the belt. The Miz might try to get a, a rematch at the following pay per view. But um, you know the guys like the Corbins and the you know Callistos, and they might be in that in that Intercontinental Championship because you see Baron Corbin beefing with Callisto every weekend, um, every Tuesday about he Callisto calls to him the opportunity to fight for the IC title. So now if, if Apollo wins, Barry Corbin might feel a certain way. He might be up in there running like, you know what, Callisto made me lose. I should have been in that Intercontinental Championship match. Fight me next. I think that's the way it'll go. But if you're really trying to be in this whole new era and giving people different, you know, brand new opportunities and having new champions, seeing Apollo, uh, Apollo Crews win on Sunday uh, would not surprise me, would not shock me. Just um, make it look like, I don't know, maybe not, not those false finishes or Miz gets distracted from a reason, you know, we get a roll up. I mean, you know, l- l- put the guy over. Let, let him beat the Miz, put him over uh, big time and see how he can be um, with the IC title. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see how this plays out. I mean, I really want to see Cruz as IC champion. Miz has been doing some great work as champion for the past four or five months. But I think it's time, it, it is time to crown a new champion just because Cruz is a fresh face. You have a lot of fresh feuds with guys like Corbin and Kalisto, like you said. 
I would not be surprised if they had Miz. Miz is my pick to win just because I have a gut feeling he might retain um, via dirty means and they'll give the belt back to Cruz at some point at the next pay-per-view or whatever. But I feel like they also might do something along the lines where they have Miz retain here. Cruz stays in chase mode, but they also add Corbin and Kalisto to the mix. We kind of saw something similar to that. You asked me about it a few weeks ago after that number one contenders match in your show. Um, where Corbin attacked both Miz and Kalisto. So maybe he wants the IC title. I wouldn't be surprised to see Corbin and Kalisto added to the SummerSlam card. But uh, I'm looking forward to it either way. It should be an interesting match. I think people are kind of underestimating this match. I don't think it's going to be an instant classic or anything, but uh, it is for the first time ever, Miz and Cruz. I got Miz, you got Cruz, but I am pulling for Cruz, nevertheless, to win the IC title on Sunday. So also from there... You know what? You know what? You know what, Grant, real quick? Yeah, go ahead. People should not underestimate how great of a heel the Miz is. Yes, yep. Uh, I think I think he's very underrated. He's great on the microphone. He, he's not that bad in the ring. Probably got a whole lot better since uh, his debut years ago. But him and, and with Maurice and doing the whole talking smack, talking on the on the table, and just you know just how the Miz TV um, uh, show runs and everything. I think Miz maybe doesn't get the just do or the credit he deserves as a heel because. He is possibly one of the best heels in the company, and sometimes he just goes a little bit under the radar. Maybe not as um, you know fully respected by the fans. But uh, I know I know you're a fan fan of the Miz. I'm a fan of the Miz as a heel, and I think that um, you know going forward, that people people should not just think you know lightly of the Miz as a heel. I, I think he's great. I gotta agree. Hopefully, after he drops the championship, which could be as soon as Sunday, I hope they continue to do something with him. Because it seems like whenever he's not in the title conversation, he's just floundering. He's having, matches, he's having matches with Dolph Ziggler at random. So I would hope that once he drops the belt, which has to happen at some point, it could be Sunday, next month, whatever. Um, he and Maurice are a great act on TV. They're a great couple. So here's hoping they continue to keep them relevant on SmackDown beyond the pay-per-view. Um, but speaking of championships, the tag team titles will be defended on Sunday. The New Day, or specifically Xavier Woods and Kofi, Big E is out of the equation indefinitely due to an injury or a storyline injury, obviously, kayfabe, um, against Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson of the club. They're taking the titles from the New Day, they say. So, uh, Randy, who do you got going over, the club or New Day? Is it one year? I mean, we will reach one year on Sunday of the New Day's tag team title reign. Is the one-year mark the end of the New Day's reign as tag team champions on Sunday? Yes. <laughs> I, I hope so, man. I, I'm not taking anything away from the New Day. They, they did a, a great job as tag team champions for a whole year. Uh, I know they broke records with the Kendrick and other dude. Uh, Demolition, I don't know what record they broke, but they, they did a great job as tag team champions, and I think it's about damn time we have new tag team champions, and it should be Gallows and Anderson. If the New Day wins on, on Sunday, Graham, I don't know, man. Then it's like the, the New Day would have, would have beaten every tag team. And, and if they lose, it opens the door of like, hey, we beat every tag team at full strength. Mm-hmm. You only beat us because Big E was out. Exactly. It's that little, that little opening of the door, like, you know what? Fight us again, but fight us at full strength. Fight us all together. Mm-hmm. Then we'll see if you can really beat us. So I, I think Gallows and Anderson... Um, Anderson should win on Sunday. Um, I think it's, it's about time we have new tag champions. And just that little window saying that, you know what, we want the rematch down the road, but against us at full strength. And maybe maybe they win it back. But I think I think it's time, Grant. That, that a whole year is too long to have one champion remain the same. But um, I, I think they were holding off to break the records. 
of Demolition and uh, the Kendrick, and I keep forgetting the other guy's name. Oh, Paul London? London, yeah, Kendrick and London. I know that they had a, a crazy reign as tag champions, so they sold the Demolition. They broke records. It's good for them. But Gallows and Anderson should win on Sunday. I got to agree. I mean, I love the New Day. They've managed to remain relevant, remain popular with the fans, which is awesome. They had a great reign. Arguably, I mean, it's again, not saying much, but probably the greatest tag team title run in the history of these tag team titles, not the world tag team. I know there's a difference there um, just because they've had great matches, great feuds um, in the club. I mean, the thing is, I want to ask you this, too, before we move on to the next match. Have you at all been disappointed in the feud itself just because they put the focus primarily on all the testicle jokes every single weekend Raw? I mean... The club, they're making the most of it, and they are entertaining guys, but I feel like the focus has been on anything but the championships themselves. So have you at all been underwhelmed by the feud over the tag team titles in recent weeks? It's a, it, it's a little underwhelming, and I, and I tell you this, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if that, that, that tag team championship is first or second on SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Because the relevance of, not saying the belts are irrelevant, but like you said, they haven't made much uh, noise about being... Uh, it, it, it being for the tag team championship, it's about you know Biggie being hurt and them being undermanned, and you know the, the club when they came in, uh, you know I guess they just assumed that everybody knew who these guys were coming from New Japan, and we knew Gallows was there in the CM Punk days, but you know maybe it just hasn't caught that steam that they thought it was going to have, and I, I think Gallows and Anderson should have been put in in a better spot, should have been promoted a little better um, coming into the company. But I think this this needs to be done to kind of like you know what these guys are here they're for real um, they're trying to make noise and putting putting the tag team belts on them would solidify that. But to me, as an overall, like the story is about Biggie's nuts. Like, come on now, like <laughs> yeah. this, this what we come down to out of all the storylines that they've been through with the Usos and the Dudley Boys and the League of Nations. This is what we, you know, the four villains and now, you know, Angel and Cass. Now it's about this. I think the storyline should have been a whole lot better. Not, not so, you know, kiddish or PG thirteen. It should have been more like, who is the best tag team in the world today? Is it, is it is a New Day? Is it these new, you know, these new Japan guys coming in? Is it the club? Let's go at it, full strength. It should have been about that. There's no AJ Styles now to help them out, um, but this is. This is the storyline that we get nowadays, and this is what we're going to get for SummerSlam. And I think, you know, maybe maybe that's the part of the New Day. When they went babyface, they went babyface. Like, this is, they went a, a complete 360 from what they were normally doing as heels mm-hmm. earlier uh, in the year, or even going back to last year. So they flipped the script on uh, on them and their character. And we've agreed sometimes when they come out on, on Monday Night Raw, some of the stuff are good, some of the stuff are corny. Some of the stuff are like, really? This, this is what this is what I'm watching at, at, at nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like their segment could have been a lot better. And I guess the club just kind of fell into what the new day were doing, and the people who write that stuff maybe thought that was funny. It's, it's okay, Graham. It's okay, but to be the storyline for the tag team championship is about Biggie's nuts. Like, nah, man. <laughs> exactly, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. That's why I hope they win because I, I just know the tag team forum. Coming up after that, it's going to be like, all right, new fresh storyline, new matchups for Gallows and Anderson. Do I want to see a rematch? Yeah, if, if, if it's full strength, but that doesn't mean I want. New, I, that, don't, that don't mean I want, I want the New Day to win the belts back. Mm-hmm. I think Gallows and Anderson should have a, a big run with the belts. 
They should, absolutely. I don't know if they need a rain-long or a year-long rain as the New Day do, but they definitely deserve a rain as Tag Team Champions come Sunday. I mean, I, what I liked about the Wyatt Family feed was because the, the thing about that feed that I liked so much was the fact that the New Day did not drag the Wyatt Family into their comedy. Kind of at first they did, but it became more of a serious feud as the New Day right. adapted to the Wyatt Family style. This feud has been the exact opposite. The club has had to adapt to the New Day style. And as seen on Monday, the club was doing comedy and the New Day was serious. And it was a total flip-flop on what we're used to from both teams. So it was really weird. And again, the match should be good. Um, I'm actually hoping it goes on first or second, like you said, just because I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not as excited for it as I am for the rest of the card, which is saying a lot because the rest of the card is stacked. But And I do feel like i got to agree. We need tag team champions. I would not be pissed. I don't think the Barclays Center would boo the New Day out of the building if they, if they won on Sunday. Um, but it is time for new tag team champions, and hopefully we see some sort of combination of the club and Enzo and Cass at some point, or New Day and Jericho. That would be a really good feud. So, bottom line, the tag team scene on Raw is stacked right now. That's not even including the Dudley Boys and all the other tag teams we have on Raw at the moment. So, the tag and, team, and then, and then they, they they lose to the Whites at a at Battleground. Then it's like, okay, you're in the brand split. Goodbye. So we don't got to deal with you no more. It's like they're just hanging out like, yo, we just beat y'all. But they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't get a tag team championship opportunity. So it's just like that was a pretty good uh, rivalry for the time being. Like they, they fall out in the woods and everything. They try to cover the whole TNA stuff. And, <laughs> and then, then it's like, what's the payoff? And they break up the Wyatt family. The Wyatt family won, and then they break them up. They win. They, win, they, they beat the New Day. They break them up, and now... New Day is just thrown into Gallows and, and Anderson, while the Wyatts have no tag team championship match. And, and, and to me, that that should have been a tag team championship match at Battleground. But don't have don't have them beat the New Day and not give them a title shot after that. Then it's like, what was the whole thing for? Which is stupid because the whole thing never got resolved. Exactly. That's the thing too. It's so funny when you think about it that the Wyatt family beats the New Day at Battleground. And then the Wyatt family isn't even at SummerSlam. They don't even get it. Not even that they don't get a title shot. They're not even at SummerSlam. What, Bray Wyatt's not on the card. Braun Strowman, Eric Rowan. None of them there. Same thing similar to uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn beats Kevin Owens in one of the greatest matches of the year. And then Sami Zayn isn't even on the card. KO is. Not to say that he shouldn't be, but again, from a storyline standpoint, it's like, do wins and losses really matter? That's like the ever-asked question in wrestling nowadays. They should. Do they? More than, you know, more often than not, they usually don't, unfortunately, because they tell us, they outright tell us sometimes, wins and losses do not matter. And that's such bullshit, because they absolutely should. That's the whole crux of wrestling. You want to see people, you want to care about who wins and who loses, but if they outright tell you that the outcome of a match is irrelevant, then why should I care? I mean, that's a whole other topic for another day, but I definitely agree that the whole thing with the Wyatt family and the New Day, Wyatt family wins, they don't get a title shot, let alone they break them up this past week is, again, I want to see Wyatt on his own as a babyface, but it's like, what did that even matter in the end? It's just it's just so asinine. But uh, speaking of title, speaking of asinine, I want to get your thoughts on this, Randy. So we have Roman Reigns and Rusev for the United States Championship on Sunday at SummerSlam. Looking forward to it. It should be a good match. Blah, blah, blah. We've been talking about it for weeks now. But then they do the match on Raw. And it was a really good match. I'm not complaining. But then they have Roman Reigns beat Rusev clean. So now we know that Rusev is 
is vulnerable. He hasn't really been made that vulnerable during his reign as champion, which is great. But then he loses clean on Raw. So what incentive do we have as fans to see the match again on Sunday? I know the championship will be on the line, but are they really... Like, initially, when this whole feud started, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to put the belt on Roman Reigns. And that's all right, and they might still do that. But now I'm thinking, okay, they have Rusev lose clean on Raw, in the main event of Raw... Does that mean that Reigns wins again on Sunday? Like, I feel that puts Rusev in even a worse spot than had he just lost on Sunday alone. But now I'm thinking Rusev might win, and I feel like he should. I don't know whether that's going to help Roman Reigns at all and helping him get over with the audience and, oh, I put over all these guys. But I think for Rusev's sake, he needs to win on Sunday. Otherwise, all this buildup in recent months was a total waste, a lot like it was with the whole feud with John Cena last year. So I'm anxious to get your thoughts. Do you think they made the right move in having Reigns beat Rusev clean on Raw this past week? And, and this is my point earlier when, when you know, when for the for the Apollo Crews match, is like I have I have a lot of heels winning um, on Sunday because, like you said, if if Reigns gets a clean win on Monday, to me. In my head, trying to think smart, like I that makes me think that Rusev is going to win on Sunday. And the same thing, I know, I know we're not there yet. The same thing with Cena and Styles. Cena looked good on, on he looked good last night on SmackDown. To me, that means Styles is going to get the victory on on Sunday. But back to Rusev and Reigns. One, when they did the match, I, I don't I don't recall how much time was left on Raw, but they could have just done like two, three minutes, and it's like they get out of control and the, the referee has to break them up and it's a double DQ, whatever, and they, they, you don't get a finish. Mm-hmm. You don't get a finish. However you do a count out, they go fight in the crowd, whatever, whatever. They, they got to break them up. There's no clean-cut winner. Then you say, you know what, damn, I got I, I, I to gotta watch the match on, on Sunday. I, I, I got to know who's going to win between Rusev and Reigns, but now you have Reigns beat Rusev clean and they're in the ring in a non-title match which they love to do the, the the champions losing on Raw kind of thing, which they always love to do. And then, like you said, as a fan, why do I have to watch the match um, uh, between Rusev and Reigns? Because it's for the U.S. title now. So you mean tell me that Rusev can't beat Reigns in a non-title match, but he can beat Reigns in in a, in a title match? Like it doesn't make sense. They they should have had the match, but not have a clean finish. The whole thing about fighting for Lana's love, which is, you know, I, I would curse Graham, but I ain't going to do it, which is stupid <laughs> to me. Yeah. And as a fan, it's like, come on, man, you could have found, you could have found any other reason why to fight. But the match does not, does not have to, does not have to, um, to finish. And that's the main event. Mm-hmm. That was the main event. Like, you could have had Balor and a whole Seth thing go on last, or Brock Lesnar go on last, but you, if that's the main event, then that makes even more you know, n- not so much sense because why have the match on on, on Monday when you when you have the same match on Sunday, but now for the title. But now, if Rusev wins, what what do they do with Reigns? If Reigns wins, it's like yo, then what do you do with Rusev? What, what was the whole point of trying to build him up and this and this? And now he's like he's he's crying on TV every Monday. I, I'm the real champ. I'm your, I'm your number one champ, not the Universal champ. I'm the U.S. champion. I'm the greatest U.S. champ of all time. And he can't be Roman Reigns twice. Like, I just don't know if the booking was like misplaced, or they they should have had that match earlier in in you know on Raw, as opposed to to, to Seth and Finn or, or or Brock. But 
to me, I think Rusev is gonna. I think Rusev has to win. I think again, he's a heel that I have winning, but they're not giving me. They're not giving me any choice to pick Reigns because he just won on Monday. He just won on Monday, and again, it goes to that fifty-fifty booking. I win, you win. I win, you win. We, we, we trade off, but they can't be doing that, man. They, like you said, it's a whole new era, but. They still doing the same shit as, as back in the days, 50-50 booking. And then it's like, only because the U.S. titles is on the line, that's why that's why Rusev's going to win. Is, is it going to be a clean finish to this match? I, I think it should. How is Reigns going to lose clean? You got to figure that one out. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. It's tricky, but I think Rusev's going to win on Sunday. And I think I, don't, I I think Rusev retains. I think is the I think is the key term there because I definitely agree that Rusev will walk out and should walk out, still the United States champion. But I'm hesitant to say that he's gonna win. I feel like Rusev might you know lose VDQ or count out. Which, like you said, it's so weird. They have him in the main event of Raw for a non-title match, and they're gonna be at SummerSlam in the mid card at best. We are not even we're halfway through here, but we still have Cena, Styles, Lesnar, Orton. Ambrose and Ziggler, and then Rollins Balor. So there's no way this match is in the upper echelon of the card. If it is, I'm shocked, but we'll see. Um, that said, so we have the non-title match on Raw in the main event of Raw, then the title match in the mid card of the pay-per-view. So that itself was asked backwards, and it's just it just makes no sense. So I guess we'll see what happens on Sunday. But like and I said, Graham and Rusev main evented Raw two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's true. He did. Yeah. So it's like. You know, he did the, the, the thing with Cesaro and Sheamus came out. Now he fights Reigns. And it's like, I'm not going to put this guy as my main event two weeks in a row. And then, like, I'm going to have him lose on, uh, at SummerSlam. I, like I say, it, it, it don't make sense to have main event two weeks in a row on a Raw, lose the belt, I mean, lose cleanly on Raw to Reigns, and then have him lose again on Sunday. I don't know, man. He, he may not officially win. He, he probably won't make Reigns tap out. It could be an outside interference. It could be Alana doing something. It could be a DQ. It could be a counter. It could be a brawl. But I, there's, there's no way Lucev leaves SummerSlam without the U.S. title. I don't think this is the end of the feud, and I'm fine with that. If Reigns wins it down the line, I'm okay with that. But I feel like just coming off the loss on Raw, there's no effing way this guy loses. He, he, he can't right. lose. Because when that match ended on Raw, I'm just like, what the fuck? Why would you have him lose clean? When we're going to see the same exact match literally six days later, and again, I'm looking forward to the match. It should be good. But you could have had that same exact match at SummerSlam. And if they contest the same match, the same story, it's like we just saw this like a week ago. Like you, I, I, We'll see, I guess, what they do. If they switch it up, which, they very mal, which I hope they do, they very well could, then I'm okay with that. But if they contest the same match they did on Raw, then... It's the same thing with Balor and Rollins. Why didn't you just hold off until SummerSlam? It seems like they're just blowing their load with everything. They're having Reigns beat Rusev and Raw clean. The women's title thing was not as big of a deal, but they did the title change on Raw as opposed to waiting till SummerSlam. And they did the Balor debut or the Demon debut on Raw instead of saving it for SummerSlam. I don't know why they're doing this recently. Hopefully this is not a sign of things to come for the new era, but... It just leaves you scratching your head. Um, but like you said, as you alluded to, John Cena and AJ Styles Part 2 on Sunday. Another match I am very much looking forward to. So at the end of SmackDown, we saw Cena get the better of Del Rio and AJ Styles putting him through a commentary table with the AA. Is that a sign of things to come, Randy, on Sunday? Do we see Cena avenge his loss from Money in the Bank by beating AJ Styles at SummerSlam? Boy, yesterday, that was, that was super Cena. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was. That was super Cena going to be beating Del Rio, then he, he does the AA to 
AJ on a table and in the ring. I mean, it's bound to be a good match. I think any match that AJ Styles is a part of is great. Uh, it's phenomenal, no pun intended. But I, I really think that I think AJ needs to win. It, it kind of goes into the whole, you know, the Thura has to go through the old guard, go through John Cena. And John Cena knows that, you know, the years are climbing up, up, up on, on him as far as how many years he has left in the business and what he's going to do is full-time, part-time, and not not all-time. But um, I think we've seen Cena lose to Kevin Owens and, and Daniel Bryan. And I think if it makes sense, he will lose to, you know, to the right guy. And I think he'll lose to AJ Styles because he know what AJ Styles can bring to, to the ring, to the company going forward. And it's, it's not like AJ, uh, AJ needs the rub, but if you beat John Cena cleanly out of pay-per-view, that'll, that'll go well for AJ Styles because that put him right in the top with the uh, number one contendership for the, for the world championship either against Dean or, or Dolph. But, um, I think Cena. I think Cena's going to lose on Sunday. I think he needs again another heel winning. I, 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 I Graham. <laughs> every heel might might win Sunday. I know. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't know. I mean, I know Dolph. Dolph is, is, is not a heel. Dean's not a heel. But um, I don't know, man. I think AJ AJ has to win for for his uh his character, his portrayal on TV and. I think Cena will be the right guy. I know AJ beat him already, but I just think not just the official statement. Like, all right, AJ Styles, yeah. All the stuff about it, you, you, they, he can go anywhere in the world if he gets fired from WWE and, and wrestle anywhere while John Cena was, wants to be here for the rest of his life. And I think AJ would take that as motivation. Like, you know what, I, I, I can make it here. I want to make it here. I can beat your ass. I can beat your ass twice, which I'm going to do. And going forward, I think it'll 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 rub off rub the right way for AJ getting the W W against Cena. So what remains of Cena after that? You know, you know his normal thing. Like you know, you know, great job and you, you got the best of me. I'm a man of my word. You know, everything that, that John Cena does, you, you, the better man won that night. And does does it continue? I hope not. I think they have to go their separate ways. Because if AJ wins on Sunday, there's no reason why I have to fight again when mm-hmm. AJ's up to duo. So I think it's the proper culmination of this this feud between Cena and AJ. And if AJ wins clean, which I think he would, there's no club interference this time. He wins clean. They probably do the sign of respect afterwards. You, 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 you know, you know how Cena gets down. So I think it'd be great for AJ to win on Sunday. That's the money question right there. I feel like, and we talked about this on your show a few weeks ago, that I loved the layout of this feud. Now, they have their initial match of Money in the Bank. A lot of people were upset that Styles won via interference from the club, but that set up the six-man tag team match for Battleground, which Cena's team won. He kind of beat, I mean, he didn't beat him one-on-one, but he didn't pin AJ to win the match. And then um, the club goes to Raw, he goes to SmackDown, he's on his own again. So I love the fact that if he does win clean on Sunday that the interference finish that we saw Money in the Bank served the purpose. And it's not just because Styles is a chicken shit heel. So again, I'm hoping that's the case. And I feel like the money question in everyone's mind right now is that will AJ win clean on Sunday? You say yes. I feel like and I have the exact opposite from uh, I have the exact opposite prediction from what I had for Rusev and Reigns, 
where I feel like Rusev needed to win, and he should win, and he will win, or retain his title, rather. I feel like AJ should absolutely win this match, but I feel like the, my gut feeling says Cena wins. And what purpose would that serve? Absolutely nothing. But just knowing this company, and I've said this for years, Cena's feuds aren't bad, but it's the way that his feuds are, are booked that are not good. The fact that every single John Cena feud that I can think of over the last five or six years... He never goes 0-2 against anybody. Even if he loses to a guy like Kevin Owens or a guy like a Randy Orton or whoever, he always gets his win back at the following show. CM Punk is the only guy that I can remember back in 20, five years ago, mind you, five years ago, this guy lost a money in the bank and then lost again at SummerSlam. So again, I don't think we see the same thing with AJ. I really, really hope that we have AJ, that AJ wins on Sunday. He goes 2-0, and that's it. Cena's never, he never gets his win back over AJ in a one-on-one -on -one scenario, and then we move on. But again, I just don't have enough faith in this company to do that. I guess we'll see, but I got Cena winning, LOL, just because Cena has not won a match at SummerSlam, and this goes unnoticed every single year. The guy has not won a match at this pay-per-view in six years. Cena last won the show at 2010's pay-per-view when he beat the Nexus. Since then, he's lost to CM Punk. He lost to Punk again the next year within a triple threat match with the Big Show. He lost to Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar. He lost to Seth Rollins last year. So SummerSlam is not exactly Cena's forte. Um, it's not exactly his night to shine. But again, I'll ask you again, Randy. I'll reiterate your thoughts. I want to echo your thoughts. Do you think AJ wins clean on Sunday against Cena? Do you think that's a very viable possibility? Uh, I think so. I, I think I think he needs to win clean because, I, you know, for some fans who want to see if, if, if AJ Styles can beat John Cena clean one, two, three in the, in the middle of the ring, and the same thing for, for, you know, if Kevin Owens can beat John Cena clean in the ring, if, if Daniel Bryan can beat um, John Cena clean in the ring, I think AJ Styles is, is, is on that level, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe even above that, to have the opportunity to beat John Cena clean in the middle of the ring. And I know I know the club will still be in the building. They'll be in the same building as AJ Styles, but I, I just don't think there's no need for the club to interfere because if they're on Raw and they're on SmackDown, what's the point? Mm -hmm. if, they were all, if they were all on the same show, then that's one way you can continue to feud. But if the club is on Raw and they got on SmackDown, there's, there's no need. There, there's no purpose because they did the club already had their own thing with the New Day. Why why interject with, with, with what's going on with, with, with AJ and, and Cena? We've already seen the club interfere at, at, at the money at, at money in the bank. And they already had the, the six-man um, last month at Battleground. So I think, but you, you might be right because I did not know that John Cena is on a five-match losing streak at SummerSlam since 2010. So then again, he might win. Then, then, then what, Grant? It's 1-1. One, one. They're going to fight again. Yeah. They're going to fight at Backlash. And, oh, this is the one for once and for all end of the feud. That might happen. With, with that losing streak you told me about, that might happen. But, again, it, it, it might just shock people when have AJ win clean in the ring. But, again, it'll be another heel winning. So maybe the Cruz can be the, the one face and John Cena can be the other face winning. Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. So right now, once you gave me that stat, I'm like 50-50 now. I just, I just felt like what they did on SmackDown last night. It's like, all right, John Cena just put AJ Styles to a table. Okay, why do I have to see the match? Exactly. On Sunday, oh, 
Tina's gonna bust AJ Styles' ass now. <laughs> yeah. AJ has no chance to win. Yeah. But then again, they might swerve swerve everybody and have AJ win. And they should. I mean, you brought it up yourself. If a guy like Kevin Owens can win clean against Cena, which no disrespect to Owens, but and he should have beaten yeah, Cena as clean, you know. First pay per view of all, as first pay per view, he beat John Cena. Come exactly. On, Exactly, and even moreover than that, and I hate to keep on going back to this, fucking Alberto Del Rio beat the guy in five minutes at Hell in a Cell last year, so why do you have a dude who just got suspended today for 30 days and was meant nothing the last 10 months since he beat Cena clean at Hell in a Cell last year? How could Del Rio beat Cena clean in an opening match at a pay-per-view, but you can't have AJ do the same thing at SummerSlam? You know what I mean? I just feel like that doesn't make any sense, so... I'm hoping he wins clean. I, I I don't know what it is. I just have my gut feeling saying Cena wins, LOL. So I guess we'll see, and I hope not. We'll be there. I'm sure we'll see several signs that say if Cena wins, we riot. I don't think that happens, but I don't think the riot will occur. I do think Cena wins. But uh, hopefully AJ does win, does win and uh, beat Cena on Sunday. So going to our next big match, interpromotional match, Raw and SmackDown, 15 years in the making according to WWE. Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. I am amped for this match. I've been excited for this match since it was announced about a month and a half ago. But they have made me only more excited for the match in the weeks since. From the RKO out of nowhere to invading SmackDown to the thing with Heath Slater this past week I thought was great too. The video package I thought was really, really well done. So um, how hyped are you for this match, Randy? And who do you got going over? Or I think a better question is, do you think Randy, Ch- or do you think Randy Orton has any virtual chance of beating the Beast on Sunday? Um, I'm very, I'm very uh, amped up for this match. Uh, like you said, 15 years in the making that they never fought on a pay-per-view. I don't know how that even happened. <laughs> I don't know how in the world you have these two guys in their prime not fight on a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see which way they go. To me, I think Orton goes over. Um, I, I just think maybe it's that time that. For, for Brock to, you know, do the job. Like he, he had take a do it at WrestleMania 30. He, he, he had John Cena look like a fool at SummerSlam with 20-whatever suplexes. Um, you know, he, he never really lost the world title at WrestleMania 31. Uh, never really got the full rematch because Ticker came out. Um, he had a, a bullshit uh, whatever thing at SummerSlam last year with Undertaker. I think he beat Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, you know, probably, it, it, I, th- I think it's that time that, um, you know, you lose. And my thing is, if, if you're going to lose to somebody, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton would, would would be the guy outside of, like, John Cena or Undertaker. Look at a guy who's been in this company for over 13 years and defeated a 12-time champion, one of, one of the greatest ever. And a, and a guy that can really catch you off guard when you're not paying attention and, and, and can really get at you. And we're not saying Brock Lesnar go lose to, to, to Chris Jericho or Alberto Del Rio. We're not, we're not doing that to you. Yeah. But if, if Randy Orton is, is a prime guy to lose to, and now how they do it, if Heyman gets involved, it, it, I think it should be a, a clear finish. Because last year there was no clear finish. It was mm-hmm. very, you know, uh, you know, whatever bullshit with the take your tap now and everything. So um, I think Brock, I think Brock needs to do the job. I, maybe it'll, um, maybe it'll shine something on, on his character more. Like he, he's he's not unstoppable. He, you you can get through to Brock Lesnar. You can break him down. And I think he'll be his character will be more enhanced. That oh the beast got. Uh, 
for one night, the Beast got like, you know, caught off guard with the RKO. And now he sees on the prowl to get Randy Orton back. I think that makes more interesting TV when you see when you see Brock Lesnar chasing people down, he's on the hunt. It's a lot more interesting TV than people chasing Brock Lesnar down. I think for me, it'd be more interesting. But uh, I, 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 I got to go with Randy, not because that's my name, but I got to go with Randy on, on, on Sunday. How they do it, I wish they do it in a way where it's like, holy shit, man. I didn't know he was going to be Brock, but if he'd be Brock that way. That was, that, was, that was pretty dope. So I, I got RKO on Sunday. The thing with Brock Lesnar is that for a guy who has not been pinned in over three and a half years, he's suffered a few defeats here and there, but he's never been pinned. Like the thing against Taker last right. year, he, he passed out. He never really technically tapped out. He did pass out, though. He lost the match. But by and large, other than that, but notwithstanding, he has not been pinned in over three and a half years. So obviously when he does get pinned eventually, which is bound to happen at some point, whether it be Sunday or you know at some point down the line, it's going to happen. And the thing is, is that I feel like, and it's the same thing with the streak too. That The same question that people ask for years is that whoever ends the streak of the Undertaker WrestleMania should benefit from it. It should be an up-and-comer, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, how believable is that a guy like, not even a Roman Reigns, but I'm trying to think of an up-and-comer, like if a Dean Ambrose broke the streak at WrestleMania, how believable is that? The guy really has been an upper-mid-card guy for years. How believable will that be? Again, Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania, if he beat Brock Lesnar, how believable will that be? This is the same man who decimated John Cena in the main event of SummerSlam last year, beat the holy hell out of Roman Reigns at WrestleMania a year and a half ago, beat The Undertaker twice, ended the streak. So again, whoever beats Lesnar has got to be believable. But at the same time, I feel like it shouldn't be a guy like you know, a Taker or a John Cena or a Triple H, God forbid, just because they don't need the win. They don't need that rub. Orton is a guy who has never faced Lesnar before in a in a marquee match prior to Sunday, prior to this pay-per-view. At the same time, though, I don't know if he would exactly benefit from the win, but it would be believable. With the story they've been telling with the RK out of nowhere, which I think is a great angle to take with this matchup, again, I don't think it will propel Orton into superstar, and the guys are an established star, obviously, but... It's believable, at least, because you know he can hit that RKO out of nowhere, and he's not like a loser, like like you said, like a Del Rio or something. Like, If a Del Rio beat Lesnar, that to me would make no storyline sense. Orton winning could make some sense. And I'll ask you this, too. Since you have Orton winning, whether it's, you know, whether Lesnar, I've got Lesnar winning and you got Orton winning, but do you think if Orton wins, it might be because of the Lesnar suspension last, last month for UFC? Do you think that might play a factor in the finish on Sunday, to, that if there was any heat on Lesnar, perhaps? I think it could. I think it could. I, I don't think that's the end all be all. I just, I just really feel more going forward that you know Brock Lesnar will be doing the job. I think, I, I think it has to be not because of the suspension, but I think it's like, all right, we gave you the win at, uh, at WrestleMania 30 with the streak, and I, I think it's some, at some point you have to give back, mm-hmm. and you can't, you can't always be the beast that always wins. You can't always win, win, win. At some point, sometimes you losing. You know, can, can can help the person you lost to, and also help yourself. Because I think, from a storyline purpose, like, like I told you, we we we've always seen like Brock Lesnar as the main event, the main attraction. He 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 goes to Raw when he wants, he fights when he wants, he's a champion whenever he wants. And I think that if they play the role reversal, that Brock is now on the on the hunt for these guys. Like holy shit, I lost to Randy Orton, and he just loses his freaking mind. Like, that was a fluke. We got to do this one more time. And 
him going at the him chasing Orton is more better TV than Orton chasing him, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And but it's the whole uh, suspension thing that might play into it. I don't think it's a whole lot because if they said if you're a part-time guy, either a you don't get tested or you don't get suspended, then that shouldn't matter at all. You can't you can't uh, put the consequences on him if you fail the drug test at UFC and say, well, you know, since you fail the drug test over there. We're going to put you in this match, and you're going to lose because of that. When on merit, you don't test me if I'm part-time. You don't suspend me if I'm part-time. So right there, that shouldn't matter. That's why this is, I think it's strictly storyline-wise, booking-wise, on what the better outcome would be. Because we've seen Brock Lesnar win so many times. We've seen him beat everybody. And it's not going to be new. It's not going to be special for him to beat Randy Orton. 15 years in the making, yeah. But you 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 got to have that one time that, you know what, holy shit, Randy Orton did beat Brock Lesnar. Wow. And everybody in the embarkment would be like, oh, shit, like, like, nobody knew that was going to happen. Exactly. But if Brock wins, if Brock wins, all right, Brock won. All right, so then <laughs> we won't see him until, like, November. You know, it, it has to be Orton winning and Brock, you know, you know what, I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm, 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 I'll, I'll see you on SmackDown on Tuesday. I'm coming for you. That's bullshit. Like it, it, that's how the that's how the story should play out. And then it could benefit Orton if he beats Lesnar on Sunday, then goes on to you know contend for the world championship the following pay per view against an AJ, not yeah. an AJ Styles or you know a Dean Ambrose or a Ziggler. Those are fresh feuds, so who knows? Um, so it could do wonders for Randy. I, I said he wouldn't really benefit from it, but you're right. It could really benefit programming itself if he wins. And then he's the one that's still around. So I think that'll be the benefit to whoever beats Lesnar, whether it be Orton or somebody else down the line. Um, I also don't think that the suspension will factor into the finish at all. I feel like it's been largely forgotten about. It happened about a month ago at this point. And not that it's been forgotten about, but I feel like it hasn't affected Lesnar at all. He's still on Raw pretty much every week. And he's been doing his thing. It hasn't been talked about. No one really gives a shit at this point. It was a big deal when the news broke about a month ago. But since then, it's largely you know gone, gone unnoticed. As it's not really, it is a big deal. But like you said, if they don't test part timers, which is bullshit, but whatever. I mean, it's their own policy. Um, I don't think it'll affect his status within the company. Like he's going to be doing jobs, you know, here or now, every single pay per view or whatever. But. Before we get to the WWE World Championship match, one bonus question for you, Randy. Do you think at any chance, at any point in this pay-per-view, we we see a surprise return? Uh, maybe not from a guy like a Kurt Hawkins or something, but I'm talking about, like, uh, I don't know, like an MVP or Mr. Kennedy, like we talked about earlier, or maybe even Goldberg, which I know is a long shot, but I know he will be in New York City doing media stuff for WWE 2K, so not WWE, but... Uh, the 2K Sports video game, which he is on, not the cover of, but he's the promotional player for. Do you think at any point we will see a Goldberg appearance over SummerSlam weekend, whether it be at SummerSlam itself, on Raw, or potentially a run-in with Brock Lesnar on the biggest party of the summer, which I know they teased something for in the commercial for the video game this past week. They deleted the video, re-added it, whatever, um, and then Goldberg or Lesnar said in the video, you're next, Goldberg, so... Do you think there's a chance, any remote chance whatsoever, we see Bill Goldberg appear over SummerSlam weekend, whether it be at SummerSlam, Raw, or whatever? I think I think with Goldberg, out of all the people you mentioned with, with MVP and Kennedy and Goldberg, I think he's the most likely to make an appearance at SummerSlam or Raw, even though they try to put it on, on the online. Like, he's just going there for the... The 2K game, and he might even 
be on a plane by the time SummerSlam starts, and we, we don't know how they can change the, the wording and make it not believable and everything. But um, I, to me, I might be in the minority, but I'll be excited to see Goldberg. Most people are like, well, Goldberg's 40-plus, 50 years old, whatever. What's the point of him, of him coming back? And I think if he's going to come back, he's going to come back only for Brock. Yes. I think that's the mm-hmm. only story. I mean, he, 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 he's not going for Orton. He's not going for John Cena. He's not going for any, any, you know, Triple H. He's going for Brock Lesnar because, was it, 12 years ago they had the WrestleMania match? And mm-hmm. it, it, on paper, it's like, oh, wow, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. When it all played out, they, they stuck to join up. If you, if you stink up Madison Square Garden, then that tells you right there how bad your match was. And I think <laughs> it's, it's still in their minds, in both Bronx and Goldberg's mind, like, you know what, damn, man, we should have, you know, plus both were leaving, so the crowd knew that. Um, I think maybe one-shot deal for Goldberg. You, you set something up now and have that, have that Brock Lesnar schedule where it's like you guys get it on at WrestleMania and that's it. Um Maybe during the match, maybe that's the way Orton wins by a Goldberg distraction. The music, the, 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 his music starts playing. Brock gets distracted. Orton RKO, bing, bang, boom. Orton wins. Or saving it for Raw. I don't know, man. They, they, they can go different ways if, if that's what they want to do. Because, we, like you said, Goldberg is supposed to be in New York. Not only New York, but, but in Brooklyn for the, the, the 2K17. And we saw the promo in the game, like, you know, you're next, like, dude, don't do not do that and expect me not to think that Goldberg might might retaliate or mm-hmm. say something. Because on Twitter and online, they can say, you know, whatever, I, I, I'm not coming, I'm not in New York, no chance. And then it'll shock the whole world that Goldberg comes out on Sunday. But if anybody, it's Goldberg against Brock Lesnar, make him lose. Uh, maybe this is all fantasy booking, this is all hypothetical, but... Um, there is a big chance he might not even show up. And then it's like, okay, well, that was cool for what it was, but um, I- I'll be I'll, I'll be one to you know, be, be very excited to see Goldberg back. How is he, how can he wrestle in the ring? I have no idea. We haven't seen Goldberg wrestle in uh, over 12, 13 years since his last run with the company. And um, maybe, maybe he has one, one match left and, and he wants to be Brock Lesnar. WrestleMania 33, um, in, uh, in Orlando, um, you know that's the site. And uh, if they want to do it well, then they got to do it at SummerSlam. I think that'll be the best best way to go. And I think it helps everybody if Goldberg interrupts, Lesnar focuses on him, Orton wins, Brock gives him the, the you know the rub, the, the, the victory. Orton goes on to be champion, and Lesnar is focused on Goldberg. You know that that's three different scenarios that you can help out. And I think. That'd be the way to go if I was if I was booking it. But um, if I say, Graham, me and you are, are going to be at SummerSlam. If, if, that, if I hear that Goldberg theme, <laughs> if I just hear the theme, and he don't pop out, and Lesnar gets all messed up, and he loses, that's that's great. Because that right there is, is teasing the fans. This dude might come out tonight or tomorrow mm-hmm. down the road. But um, I'll be I'll be happy. I'll be excited if he if he doesn't show up. Um, then I'm not keeping my hopes up for that. Yeah, same. I'm not saying he will be there or, like, I'm getting my hopes super up. Like, if he doesn't show up, I'm not expecting him to, but 
on the off chance he does, I would also go crazy if he showed up either at SummerSlam Raw. We saw something similar last year with Sting. I mean, he was in the area for, like, autograph signings or whatever. Then he flew home to do an appearance at, like, some other convention or something. People are like, okay, he won't be that SummerSlam or Raw. And he was not at SummerSlam, but he did show up at Raw at the very last segment of the show. So... Not saying the same thing will happen with Goldberg. It's a different deal. Goldberg isn't even in, you know, he's not even under contract with the company. So, but then again, they will be in the same city for a few days. So they could always be in talks and they could make something happen that Sunday. So who knows? But, and like you said, I feel like if Goldberg is going to come back for one more match, it's going to be against Lesnar. I could kind of see maybe John Cena just because he's the guy. But I talked to Goldberg for an interview about a year ago. The only guy that he talks to, the only guy that he knows that is still in wrestling, he doesn't watch wrestling, he doesn't give, he doesn't really give a shit at all, and I can't blame him at all. But the only guy that he's still friends with, other than maybe a rematch of The Rock, which you know isn't happening, Brock Lesnar is the only guy that Lesnar would want him to face and vice versa. Goldberg is the, you know, Brock Lesnar is the only guy that he would probably want to face at a WrestleMania for a big off pay, for you know a big payday or something. He's not coming back for the brand split like as it was rumored for no reason. He's not coming back for a for a part-time deal. If he's coming back, it's for a one-off match. And it would be with Brock Lesnar. So maybe they set something up at SummerSlam for WrestleMania. Highly doubt it, but uh just to keep that in the minds of fans, you know, going forward into Sunday. So we get to our top two matches here for the WWE World Championship. Dolph Ziggler contending for the gold against Dean Ambrose. We've been talking about this match nonstop over on your show, the Cruise Control Podcast, Randy. And uh, I'm, I'm intrigued for this. I mean, on paper, it looks like, oh, it might be a mid-card match of best than a B-level pay-per-view. But they've been doing some great work over on SmackDown, in-ring-wise, and especially on the mic. They've been having some great promos. Ziggler, especially, has really impressed me with his promos as of late. So, And there is a realistic chance some people might be saying, oh, you know, no chance Ziggler wins the belt. Who knows? If one of them goes heel, if Ambrose screws over Ziggler and he retains the title, or vice versa, we could definitely see a title change on Sunday. I mean, personally, I got Ambrose retaining, but... I could see a scenario where Ziggler wins, goes heel, or the other way around. Uh, I'm anxious to see what you think, Randy. Who do you got going over on Sunday, Ambrose or Ziggler? Who is leaving Brooklyn as the WWE World Champion? Dolph Ziggler. Ooh, bold prediction. Because, I don't know, man. I I like Dean Ambrose. I really do. Um, The the, the in-ring work... Um, that, he, that he portrays um, has to get a lot better. If you're, if you're the world champion, it has to be a lot better. I think me and you can agree on that. Mm-hmm. The skills that he has is not, you know, a world champion caliber. Um, and if you look at it top to bottom, Dolph Ziggler is, is a way better wrestler than Dean Ambrose. I think recently they've really made the commitment and the effort to change Dolph, Zigg- uh, Dolph Ziggler's attitude and character. Um, not saying making him heal, but just having him just just be a little frustrated, be a little like, you know what, I've been here for so long and I never got my just due and now I'm taking the utmost advantage of this opportunity and I just feel like it'll be a waste to have Dolph do all of this and lose to Dean Ambrose. I think it'll be more interesting television to have uh, Dolph Ziggler win on Sunday. To me, I, I, I always want Dolph to be a heel. Um, not saying he has to go that route on Sunday, but just have little glimpses of heelish um, tactic, uh, tactics to, to go at Dean Ambrose with. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm all for Dolph winning 
on Sunday because I, I just feel like he's, he's in this current transformation and I want to feel like they wasted three, four weeks on SmackDown with Dolph getting really personal and really getting emotional on the microphone and the promo and him super kicking Dean Ambrose out of nowhere. Like, oh, like, okay. <laughs> Dean Ambrose, um, Dolph Ziggler means business. Now there is doubt in fans' mind. Like, oh, wow, Dolph Ziggler might just walk out of Barclays with the, with the world title. And to me... Uh, this, oh man, Grant! I, I just feel like he's so he's so he's so superior to Dean Ambrose in the ring. It's not even funny. It is. I that's, agree. I agree. Yep. That's not taking nothing away from Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. I think down the road he'll get better, but for the time being, um, would it hurt to have Dolph Ziggler win the belt and Dean Ambrose back on the prowl, getting it back at the at Backlash or the following pay per view? No, it, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt because regardless of what happened with, with AJ and Cena. And Orton and Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose is still in line to get the rematch before those two guys. And I think if Dolph continues to change the, the character, the attitude, if he turns heel, if the ever uh, idea of having a bodyguard like Kevin Nash wants to do uh, to be his diesel and he'll be the Shawn Michaels of this of this generation, I'm all for it. Just, just do something new with this guy as opposed to him getting emotional and personal on the microphone for SmackDown, and then what happens, he loses at SummerSlam. And it's like, so what was the point? What was the point? Who does Dean Ambrose have to go up against next? We know Bray Wyatt is, is lingering in the background. I think all three of them can, can fit in one storyline mm-hmm. um, for, for what we've been seeing the past couple of SmackDowns. But um, I, 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 I want Dolph to win. That's just my now, do I think, do I think he's going to win? I don't know, Graham. I don't know. I, I feel like he should walk out of there with the belt. And, you know, whether he has a one-month run or two-month run, I don't know. But putting the belt on him will solidify this whole thing. Like, you know, a new era we're giving different opportunities to different people. All right, put the belt on me now. You gave Dean Ambrose a shot. It is what it is. But put the belt on me. Let me see. Let's see what I can do with it. Because I am far more superior in the ring than Dean Ambrose. And let Dean Ambrose come and chase me for the belt. But I think SummerSlam should be the payoff for what Dolph Ziggler has been going through the last couple of weeks. And that's exactly it. I really don't want this to be like a filler feud for Dean Ambrose. Just because we didn't have anyone better for Dean Ambrose right now, that you just put Dolph Ziggler in there to lose clean and that's it. I mean, even if Ziggler loses, I'm okay with that. But if it's done right... Like, if Ambrose beats him, like, via cheating or something, and Ambrose goes heel, I feel like Ziggler should go heel first, but whatever. If that was to happen, I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly happy with that. Or Ziggler wins via cheating, and and then Ambrose chases the championship. That would, you know, increase my interest in this feud even more. Like, there's many different things they can do. And we talked about this on your show several times, and that if they just have Ambrose win clean, and that's it. Oh, good match. Let's move on. Ambrose versus AJ next, then... What the hell was the point? Like you said, I mean, all this stuff has been great. Do not waste that momentum. So, again, I I, I really don't care who who wins. Like, and I say that in the best way possible, in the way that I'm happy with whoever wins. But it's all about the aftermath. And I feel like with Ziggler, and here's the thing too. Here's another thing to think about that if they wanted that marquee match and as a quote unquote filler feed for Dean Ambrose. Why not just put Bray Wyatt in there? I feel like there's a reason why Ziggler is in this match. Not just to swerve fans like, oh, we're giving new superstars new opportunities only to have them lose and that's it. There's got to be a reason. Either they're turning Ziggler, they're turning Ambrose, or they're going to give Ziggler the belt in Brooklyn. The place would go freaking nuts, probably as loud as when he cashed in a few years ago. And if there's any place to do a title change with Ziggler, it would be in Brooklyn to have him win. So 
Um, I, I have Ambrose going over too. I would love to see Ziggler win. I would love to see something happen with either one of these guys. I mean, Ziggler is more stale than, than Ambrose is right now, but Ambrose could also use a little bit of a character boost. And the heel stuff that we've been seeing from him recently, or the semi-heel stuff, whatever, has been great. So I'm looking forward to the match either way, but I also got Ambrose retaining, regardless of what happens afterwards. I guess we'll have to wait and see. And then we get to the main event for the inaugural WWE Universal Championship, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. I guess I should say the Demon. We saw the Demon on Monday's Raw. Like we said earlier, as we agreed, they probably should have waited until Sunday, but whatever. Uh, the match itself, first time ever, Rollins and Balor should be a kick-ass match. Who do you got walking out of Brooklyn as the inaugural WWE Universal Champion? I want Seth Rollins, but I think Finn Balor is going to win. And I, and I say that because when when the draft happened, you know, he Finn Balor got, and we know Seth got, was going to one overall regardless of SmackDown or Raw. But Finn Balor went up very high. He was the fifth, fifth overall draft pick, and you know when you get when you pick someone fifth, and this guy from NXT, it's like all right, they're gonna pour a lot of effort, a lot of time into getting this guy over quickly as possible. Whether the, whether the, whether the raw crowd knows who Finn Balor is or not, we we know the NXT crowd knows who Finn Balor is, but not to the mass audience, to the casual fan. You want to portray Finn Balor as a guy that he, he can be a top guy in the business, which I you know I, I think he can be. And the way they've been promoting him, and he's already he got into a fatal four way for a uh, to go go up against uh, Roman Reigns and the uh, to be the, the number one contender. He beat he pinned Rusev, then he pinned Roman Reigns. He's already in the world title uh, universal title contention. Seth got the two automatic buy to SummerSlam, and you know I, I think they're putting they're putting a lot of time and effort into the character of Finn Balor, and I think it's um yeah the, the payoff has to be Finn Balor walking out of the of SummerSlam as the, the Universal Champion because Seth was already champion. I, I I like Seth when he's chasing you, when he's like getting on your nerves, he's making you frustrated. Uh, I think he does a lot better doing that as opposed to being the champion and people chasing him. Just imagine Finn Balor on the, on chasing Seth Rollins for his championship as opposed to Seth Rollins chasing Finn Balor. I think that's, to me, that's a better storyline, that's better television. And I think that uh, Barclays could could see the, you know, last year too. We said it with, um, with Apollo Crews. And I think um, somebody else you mentioned that a year ago, Finn Balor was at NXT Brooklyn in, in the same arena going up against Kevin Owens in a freaking ladder match. Mm-hmm. Now, a year later, his time has come to, you know, walk out as world champion, you know, universal champion. And I think that's, I think that's what's, what's going to happen. I want Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins is, is my favorite guy in the company. Um, best wrestler, I think, bar none currently. But uh, I think, you know, with the whole new era, new generation, the opportunities and new belts, new belt for new guy. I think that's the route they're going to go. I, I, I like both Finn, Finn can wrestle his ass off. Um, the whole demon character has been debated on whether they should have portrayed that from, from the beginning of Raw when he when he debuted to now. Um, and, and I think him coming out with the whole face paint, the demon king, whatever they want to call him, um, I think that'll be the prime spot to put the world, the world title, the, the universal title on him. And just have Seth Rollins chase him around for a couple of months. Cause I don't know who else on Raw is going to be up for that 
I don't think Reigns is, is going to go back into that title picture anytime soon. Um, who, who, who else you got? Cesaro and Sheamus doing these best of sevens. Um, but Brock Lesnar, I, I'm not going to have Finn Balor against Brock Lesnar. I'm, I'm not that stupid. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think for the time being, I think Finn Balor will be the way to go. But if they go with Seth Rollins, I won't be surprised. Um, just remains to be seen what they do with what they do with Finn if Seth Rollins happens to beat him. They got to set the right precedent for this new era by having the inaugural Universal Champion be Balor. I mean, I wouldn't complain if it's right. Rollins. The guy is a great champion, great wrestler, blah blah blah. But if you really want to send the message that this is a new era in this company, you got to have the fresh face go over and go full throttle with the Balor, you know, the, the Balor push by having him become the new Universal Champion. But I think the bigger question is not who wins on Sunday, but how they win. There's been a lot of fan theories. Again, a lot like with Ziggler and Ambrose, I'm looking forward to the match. And ring-wise, storyline-wise, it should be great. But and maybe I'm setting my expectations too high for both bouts, and they might be just standard singles matches. Nothing happens, and I'll be disappointed. But with this match specifically, a lot of fan theories. Do you think there's a chance we could see, I mean, even more so the other way around, but do you think we, there's a chance we could see the club interfere and help Balor win, maybe turn Balor heel, do a double turn? Balor's still champion, but you have Rollins and Chase Simone, and arguably he should have been a babyface from the moment he came back three months ago. Why they didn't do it, I don't know. But anyway, um, they turn Rollins' babyface. Balor is the leader of this new Balor club. He's the champion, the club are tag team champions. You got that going for you. Or even the opposite. You have the club come in teasing they're going to help their friend Balor, but they help Rollins win. And you have Rollins, the new champion, with Balor in chase mode. And you have that little stable going on Raw as the new club. And you could set up, you know, Finn and AJ for next year's WrestleMania interpromotional. Or even, you know, Rollins and AJ interpromotional Raw versus SmackDown at WrestleMania. There's a lot of different things they could do. Do you think we could see one of those two scenarios at SummerSlam, or will they just play it straight? I think it's more logical to see the club interfere in the Finn Balor match than the AJ Styles match, because, Mm -hmm. one, I don't want them to help out Finn, and then Finn has the heel turn. I think that's way too quick. Um, He's only been on Raw for like a month. People like him. People cheer for him. And to automatically flip the switch... I think that's way too soon. Um, I think I think they flipped the switch too soon on AJ Styles, so I don't want them to do the same thing with Balor. But if the club interferes and act like they're going to help Balor and then swerve him and help Seth Rollins, then it's like, okay, I can dig that. And then now, down the road, when Balor is on his chase mode, the club can turn on Seth Rollins. Then you have, you have, you know, in... You have adequate time to build up Balor to this good guy, this new character, and the whole thing with you know being like Bray Wyatt and being like Undertaker, this, this supernatural demon guy, and then boom, when you just think Rollins is at the peak of his title reign, the club makes him lose. They join, they officially you know do the whole Balor club. Balor goes here. Seth is now the face. So like you said, there's many ways they can do this. I think the club interfering in the battle match more likely than than AJ, than AJ Styles. I think I think it'll mean more, mm-hmm. especially if especially if the club on the tag team champions and and Balor. Um, well, I was going to say if Balor wins on Sunday, and then and the club has the world tag team championship. They can have all the belts on roll, pretty much all the belts on roll. Mm-hmm. But I don't want Balor going heel so quick. Um, I think they should go with Seth for for the time being. But then again. Uh, Graham, 
they might they might just do it. They might just do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. They might just go right away and put Seth Rollins like, oh shit, he, he he's a good guy now. Mm-hmm. Now he got to deal with the world champion and the tag team champions on, on, on a weekly basis. But I think I think that'll be too quick. Let Balor get more time in there. Let him chase after Seth Rollins and do my idea of having the club turn on Seth Rollins joining the Balor Club with Finn. So, but. I think I think that's a good part. I think that's a good part that they can go with so many routes. It's just picking the red, picking the best route. Don't pick a route where it's basic, it's normal, it's predictable. Give me, give me and you and the fans something unpredictable. And if it's if, if it's the club helping Seth Rollins, most people may not see that. When they see Gallows and Anderson walk down the aisle trying to, oh shit, they're gonna help Finn. Yo, it's a ballot club. Boom, he, they help Seth Rollins. Everybody, oh shit, what's going on? Are you turn on, on Finn, then it, 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 you create interesting television for, for for Monday Night Raw in the weeks to come. So um, I think Seth, I, don't know, I think Finn's gonna win. I would want Seth to win, but if if your idea works or my idea works, I think that'd be the best way to go um, going forward. And you said it right there, unpredictable. This entire card, for the most part, is unpredictable, which is one of the many reasons why I'm looking forward to being there at this show. So many matches to look forward to. Ballard Rollins, Ambrose Ziggler, Orton Lesnar, Cena Styles. That's only the top half of the card. And all of those matches could go either way. A lot of these matches, we were splits. We weren't. We didn't even agree on many of the matches. So that's right. what I'm looking forward to Sunday. It should be great. And you said it right there, too, in that the aftermath of the event is even more important. If they deliver a, a home run of a show on Sunday, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. But the thing is, is it that same thing with WrestleMania. And WrestleMania 32 was very controversial. And I thought it was an entertaining show. I don't think it was an outstanding show. I thought WrestleMania 30 and 31 were more... We're, we're better long term in setting up storylines, making stars, blah blah blah. Thirty two, right. we talked about this on your show right after Mania many months ago. It was more about moments, you know, Stone Cold, that's awesome, you know, um, Roman Reigns winning the belt, blah blah blah. The dive off the top of the cell from Shane, all great moments. Did nothing to set up this new era in WWE. SummerSlam, I hope, is the exact opposite. I really hope they deliver a strong show on Sunday, but at the same time, you know, set forth a message or send the message that this fall season will not be as shit as it was in recent years, that the fall season will be must-see for both Raw and SmackDown. I think it could be. With all the current players they have, from Balor getting called up, we have Styles here. The landscape of this company is so drastically different from even it was, you know, from even a year ago. It's amazing. And I think people really do not appreciate a lot of the guys that we have currently on the roster that can make a big difference, not even down the line, but in the very near future. Guys like Balor, Styles, and so many other fresh faces, even the women that we praised earlier. The women's division has been kicking all sorts of ass all year round, and they should be a big factor in Sunday's success of SummerSlam too. So uh, like we said earlier, SummerSlam, top to bottom, great card. Cannot wait to be there on Sunday. I will be there. You will be there. Cannot wait to hook up at some point, as will many others on Sunday in the Barclays Center. So, Randy, as always, for this near two-hour preview of the biggest party of the summer, it's been a blast. Long overdue having you back here on the show. Um, But before we let you go, be sure to plug your show, Twitter, and where the people can find you, my man. Grant, first and foremost, always a pleasure having you, uh, uh, having, you know, me going on your show. I know we do this thing back and forth every week, so you come on my show, I, I go on yours. It's, it's great talking and wrestling with you uh, each and every week. I always appreciate the invite. Um, I can't wait to watch all 30 matches at SummerSlam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and TakeOver 2. TakeOver 2. Um, it should be fun. I hope it's uh, very entertaining. I hope it's better than last year's SummerSlam. And, you know, I think I, the, the question, you know, remains is, you know, last year the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn really put a lot of pressure on last year's SummerSlam to really deliver. And mm-hmm. um, that might be the case again this year. We, 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 uh, we'll see what happens at NXT Brooklyn 2. Um to see, if, to, to see if they put, you know, even more pressure on SummerSlam to deliver and put on a great show and great product. But I'll be there, you'll be there. I know we'll we'll link up hopefully at some time for, for a little bit before, during. I'm um, looking forward to it. It's pretty much my second favorite pay-per-view of the whole year behind WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And um, it does have that WrestleMania-type feel. I, I know it's not in a big old stadium, but... It does have the, the WrestleMania feel where it's four hours, a lot of matches, every title on the line. And um, just hope that means you walk out of there with, you know, just seeing something that, we, that we've never seen before or seeing shit that we have uh, did not even talk about on the show. But uh, people can find my podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, the Cruise Control Podcast on SoundCloud.com slash Hits Podcast Network. You can hit me up on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, and I talk basketball, wrestling, pop culture, music, just about everything um, that's very interesting in the world today. So hit me up. Graham, I always thank you and appreciate uh, you coming on my show. Always love going on your show, and I know we'll do it again soon, bro. Always, my man. Like I said, I'll see you Sunday, but Saturday, too. I completely forgot about TakeOver. We just spent the last two hours talking solely SummerSlam, and that's not even including TakeOver, which should also be an amazing event this weekend. So this whole weekend in wrestling is going to be just nothing short of sensational. Can't wait for it. Like I said earlier, Randy, thanks, as always, for coming on the show, and I'll see you on Saturday. Cool, man. Real quick, Nakamura, new champion. What do you think? Ooh, I think we do. I think we got a new King of Strong Style in the NXT. Ch- I got. I think we got a new NXT champion in the King of Strong Style on Saturday. Yes. Yeah, me too. And I think Oscar retains too. That's, that, that, that's just me. I think so. I think we got the Bobby Roode debut too. That whole show should be stacked, start yeah. to finish. It's gonna, like I said, that whole weekend's gonna be just nothing short of amazing. I can't wait for it. Cool, man. Grant, thank you, man. I appreciate it. As always, dude. Kitchen on the road. All right. And on that note, guys, as Randy alluded to, we will be live for SummerSlam weekend this Sunday and TakeOver on Saturday, which, like I said earlier, we did not talk about here on the show today, but I should be doing a show with at Tommy Sharp um, on WWEC Radio, hopefully Thursday or Friday, if we can work something out. So I'm looking forward to that. A preview of TakeOver on Saturday, which, as I alluded to, will be a stack show as well. We got Nakamura Joe for the NXT Championship, Bobby Roode making his in-ring debut against... Andrade San Almas, we got Asuka Bailey, Revival, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Austin Aries versus No Way Jose, that whole card is going to be stacked start to finish, can't wait for it, the whole weekend is going to be amazing, so we're Brooklyn bound this weekend, and in the meantime, you guys can catch me on the Twitter machine at WrestleRant on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Matthews on YouTube at youtube.com backslash C backslash Matthews. and be sure to follow all forums for exclusive tweets pictures, videos, and everything else, articles in regards to all the SummerSlam coverage that you can possibly imagine. So until SummerSlam, guys, like I said, stay on the lookout for a possible TakeOver preview, hopefully sometime later this week, either Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever. 
before TakeOver on Saturday. John and I will be there for SummerSlam and TakeOver both days. So if you're going, be sure to shout us out on the Twitter machine at WrestleRain at GeneAppsRingWrap. We look forward to seeing you guys SummerSlam weekend. So in the meantime, guys, and in between time, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of the road to SummerSlam, and I'll catch you folks down the road.